we should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, Say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Yo, man, I'm the, I'm the fucking, you want to talk to me, motherfucker? I'm the fucking button. <laughs> I'm the boss. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, retard. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Can you handle this? Can you handle this? Hey, what's up, everyone? February 26th, 2018. Welcome to this edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show, Plus One. I am Don Tony. Joined along with me tonight, as always, is... Kevin Castle. And we have a special guest. Uh, I, I consider him third co-host. You know, we'll co-host here. Say hello, third co-host. Hey, it's Titus O'Neill. <laughs> you, yeah, you know what, you motherfucker, you blocked me last week, you prick bastard. What well, I make a little joke that that Apollo and Titus O'Neil sounds like a gay couple, and you bet blocked me because of it. What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? You didn't like the fact that I said that you really weren't getting a push. That this was just smoke and mirrors. Like I've said to be, be nice to me. Be nice to me. I, I'm giving back to the community by seeing the Black Panther. Didn't you know? Nice. It wasn't that like. A fictitious comic book story that's not real life. I have the power of Wakanda in me. What are you talking about? I mean, it's inspirational, but seriously, I mean, you're going to base comic book on real life. The fuck is wrong with you? I mean, if you think about that, what are you calling someone a hua? I mean, hua, 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 hua. The fuck out of here. Go fucking. Go save the people in Florida and shit like that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He's such a good oh. person. But what a sensitive motherfucker. I make a little joke oh. last week and I get blocked. I don't really care. I don't follow him on Twitter. But, man, I think it was Disco Inferno that was talking about this over the weekend that there's so many wrestlers today that are so goddamn sensitive and get triggered over the littlest things that fans say. Well, I mean, there was just- a thing that uh, last night it was brought up by Pete Rosenberg and uh, uh, Dean Ambrose's wifey. They were the ones that brought that up, that Titus O'Neil was giving back to the community by seeing the Black Panther and uh, uh, Booker and and, uh, uh, Darren, Darren, Jesus Christ. David Otunga. Uh, Yeah, Otunga. Wow. Fuck. 
But uh, they were talking back and forth, and then uh, Rosenberg jumps in there and goes, you know, well, maybe he can win this match with the power of Wakanda. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are these people saying? They, they know it's a movie, right? <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I think because, you know, we're not supposed to nitpick and the mentality of wrestling fans these days, like when it comes to kids and women, like they don't pay attention to certain things. But man, is some of this stuff coming out of these commentators' mouths is so goddamn stupid. And I have sung the praise for Michael Cole for so many years. I'm one of the few that has enjoyed his commentary, but I was noticing tonight, you know, I understand WWE feeds this stuff as far as what he has to say. But Seth Rollins does a fucking frog splash three quarters of, of the way across the ring. All right, it's impressive. It's it, you know, he reached, you know, his opponent. But Michael Cole is talking about you don't see stuff like that except for 205 Live. But we're yeah. seeing it with Rollins, and I'm saying to myself, what do you think? He's 250 fucking pounds? He's like 220 at the most. I mean, what the fuck? And then he's keep this this story that WWE's been doing now for a year and a half that the Miz stole Daniel Bryan's moves. How the fuck do you steal somebody's moves after they're retired? True. I, I don't fucking get that. I mean, I, I I know I'm an old school fan, and I know I've seen it for a long time, and I know I nitpick, but man, I don't. I when I watch wrestling, I want my suspension of disbelief i want i don't want my intelligence insulted i understand that some of it is simple and we always say less is more sometimes but man sometimes the way they talk i mean it's just it's ridiculous of what goes down in what comes out of their mouths it's true so so anyway uh just to let everyone know last night i did a 45 minute recap of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. That audio will be played at the end of this live broadcast. Since Kev was not on with me yesterday, and I know, Miss, you did a great recap with Wrestling Soup that was online last night. Uh, I, I guess I'll just step back for a minute and give you two the floor to just give your overall thoughts as far as the pay-per-view last night. What stuck out for you? What did you like? What did you dislike? Anything, you know, really stand out? You know, especially Kev, since nobody's heard his comments basically out of all three of us. Yeah, I had to watch it. Well, it's funny. I, I worked uh, with Doyle from the Misfits last night. Great show, by the way, and he was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, talking, talking a little bit about wrestling. He's still friends with, uh, still friendly with Vampiro. Um, and uh, my doorman had it on his phone at the door. So I was able to see, you know, little bits and pieces. And actually, our boss was pretty annoyed with us for watching it. Uh, so going back and forth, like who's winning? Like it was a baseball game, you know? And uh, so I only really knew what happened with the last match. I didn't know anything until I got home. I wanted to kind of wait. But I knew Reigns won because everybody was talking about it at the end of the night and we watched it on the phone. But anyway, coming home and watching the whole thing the next day, which I watched it today, it's a different thing. I, It's not the same effect. You know, you watch it, you kind of know what's really happening. And it's, it's not the same when you watch the replay, by the way. I don't like it. But, you know, of course I do it because I do the show. But I would watch it anyway. I like the women's match. Um, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I was hearing people shit on it, but I thought it was not too bad. I mean, it was their first time in the Elimination Chamber, all these girls. And, you know, it was what I expected. I'm not big on Sonya Deville. I, I don't like her at all. I like Mandy Rose from a visual aspect. I thought Alexa Bliss put on a great match. I thought Bailey took a beating as usual. 
Uh, Sasha was the the bridesmaid, never the bride. It, it went the way I thought it was going to go. I think me and you, DT, picked uh, Alexa Bliss to win, if I'm not correct, right? Yeah, I actually, I was joking on Patreon yesterday. I got every match correct and all oh, the bonus oh. points. Yeah, the only thing I got wrong was I said that uh, I, I think it was Finn Balor would be the first person eliminated, and it was actually the Miz. But every other part of it, I ended up predicting correctly. Which, which as I, as people will hear later on, that kind of sucks because yeah. I thought that this was the most predictable pay per view in many oh, yeah. many years. And um, yeah, I was hoping that WWE would throw a curveball. Maybe we'll still get that curveball and they'll throw Braun Strowman in the main event at WrestleMania. But man, you know, I I mean, I understand Roman Reigns, you know, a lot of girls like him, a lot of kids like him and some guys like him as well. A lot of boys like a lot of boys like him. But (laughs) I got to, you know, before we go any further with the reviews, I got a good question to ask Mm -hmm. both of you. All right. And, you know, I I follow Meltzer. I don't agree with a lot of stuff that he says, but I do follow him. I respect him ever since what he did for me with the Chris Candido drive way back in the day. I've been a fan of his work early on, even though I disagree with a lot of his stuff. But somebody asked him uh, yesterday, is Roman Reigns, if you look at wrestling history, is can you think of anybody else who has been pushed this hard by WWE and has been met with this much resistance amongst wrestling fans for this long? And you can't say John Cena because John Cena was over with Thugonomics, was over for a while. I mean, when he returned at the Royal Rumble, at Ma- and I think it was Madison Square Garden, I remember it was right. 2008, and I had a whole bunch of guys from, from Victory Pro Wrestling in my house, and everybody was popping and fucking enjoying it. Yeah. I have a name for you. What about Triple H? What about uh, Brockus? Triple H, <laughs> when he was in DX... He was over. I mean, there was. But there was a long time between DX Triple H and Evolution Triple H. Yeah, but for this. A couple years. My my question is, is is Roman Reigns that good or is WWE that desperate to have someone be the heir apparent to John Cena? I think it's, I mean, look, we'll have to get into it. He cut a great promo tonight. As a matter of fact, one of the. Most uh, responded to tweets I ever put up, and I just kind of put up what was on my mind about his promo and uh, got a big response on it. I was actually pretty surprised. Um, a lot of people agreeing with me that he's got to win the belt for the best of the company because Bron is, uh, excuse me, Brock is just checked out. He's, he's done here. Um, and they got to put it on him and put it on a guy who, I agree, shows up to work every day, works hard, makes all the towns. Yeah, agreed. You don't have to like him, but it's the truth. And he can always. He can always lose it down the road to Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe gets back. But they got to get the belt off of Brock. But um, that promo was a little rough. Don't you no, think? I thought the, I, really? I thought the promo was met with a lot of. I don't know. I was on the same Twitter you're on. I thought a lot of people gave it good props. But that was that was one of the more positive things I've seen respond to Roman Reigns. Actually, you know what? I I don't know, Mish, how you feel about it. My take on it is slightly different. Okay. I thought Roman Reigns was great on the mic tonight, cutting that promo. But for everybody out there that is asking, holy shit, did he just shoot on Brock? Listen, anybody that follows this show knows. We've joked about it in the past. Nobody 
on the fucking WWE roster that has a contract is going to just show up and give freebies on days that they're not advertised. All right, so Brock working a limited schedule, that's his contract with WWE. Blame WWE for that because you, me, anybody else listening, if WWE said to you, we're going to give you X amount of dollars and you only have to show up 20 dates out of the year, you're not going to turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to show up next week. This one's on me. So right. what, they, what they're basically doing is they're doing a storyline that Brock Lesnar is just a part-time player and Roman Reigns is the guy that shows up every week and it sounds very reminiscent of John Cena from back in the day. And that's basically the storyline they're going with. They're going to force down everybody's thoughts that Brock Lesnar just doesn't care about us, about WWE. The problem is, is going back to the Steve Austin interview and before that, he has said a thousand times that he punches his clock in, he shows up when he's supposed to work, and he goes home right after, and he doesn't give a shit about anything else. So this is the only way they could possibly try to get the fans behind Roman Reigns. So was it a right. shoot? No, not even not even a drop of it was a shoot. But it was still well, good. I don't know. Maybe was, there's an there's an underlying maybe thing for the guys who are on the road and make a lot less and do what they do every day. I mean, I'm sure there is. Well, then why did they yeah. wait all these years to say it now? Because this is the way to do it. It's WrestleMania. You know, well, this, is the, uh, this is this is the, this is the big one. Look, you know? this is entertainment. So in order to cut a good promo. Well, don't they're, have, they're, no, I'm defending him. I'm defending yeah. him for a minute. In order to cut a good promo, you don't have to shoot. You know, you could cut a good promo and be in storyline and be excellent at it. So he definitely cut a great promo tonight. But for anybody out there that, you know, thinks it's a shoot, in my opinion, this is this is the storyline. They want the fans to get behind Roman Reigns because he's committed to us and in maintaining his yard. And Brock Lesnar treats right. the yard like a summer home. I don't know. Right, my no, my, I, yeah, my yeah, stance sure. on it is is that this was not a shoot at all. Anybody believes that this was a shoot in any way, shape, or form has not paid attention to Brock's contracts, to the way Roman Reigns does things, and and you know uh, the correlation between the two. The reality is is Roman Reigns is not blind to Brock Lesnar's contract, nor is anyone blind to the fact that he was signed to sixteen dates, and he can't just walk out there whenever he sh- so chooses to. So it's not a shoot. It's completely storyline. Uh, Will I am in the chat room said it too. There's other people that have said it too. It feels like a carbon copy of Cena's promo against The Rock. And yeah, but, but there's some there's some underlying truth worked. to that, though. Dude. There's some underlying truth to it because of uh, the suspension of disbelief. If you think it's a shoot, they're actually doing their job, aren't they? Mitch? What what is what is the the truth to it? That Brock is a part-time player. He's not a full-time. And he's not committed. He's a part-time player because that's what they signed him up to be. Exactly. But he's still that. That doesn't make a difference. He's well, he still a part-time player. He can't go out there when he wants, Kev. He, wasn't he supposed to be on tonight? Or they just no, advertised no, him no. for no reason? No. Yeah. No, they, no. they actually, I will say this. They originally were going to put him on. But then I checked the schedule and they took him off to basically further this storyline, which makes sense. I look at for the storyline, I think it did its job. 
Without yeah, a that's, doubt. It that's did. what I'm saying, DT. It's like you say, suspension of disbelief. Even if they, you think it might be a little bit true, that's what the job is. It's the, that's, the, that's what hypes it up. That's what makes people get behind it. You know what I'm saying? Even in storylines, they do a good acting job. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I, I'll get to another one um, as far as like storylines and shooting and this, this, and that. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw like the 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 comments online. I well, you know, I guess we could talk about it a little bit later. But you know, we we could get into John Cena right now since you brought up Cena. We might as well talk about it too. Uh, John Cena lost at the Elimination Chamber yesterday. After the Elimination Chamber ended, John Cena was on Raw Talk. I guess that's the name of the show, which is right after the pay per view, and he gave. Uh, an interesting promo, I guess you could call it. You know, some people have called it cryptic. Mish actually recorded the whole thing, and it was interesting because WWE almost immediately edited out part of it. And Mish put it on YouTube and put it on a private, you know, account. Like, he didn't make the video public. But WWE still told YouTube to take it down. For four minutes on an unlisted private YouTube. Yeah. And it was gone. And it was gone. <laughs> so John Cena comes out tonight and basically uh, brings up a little of what he said yesterday and you know that he's got to you know it's amp it up a notch and the bottom line is is that he goes ahead and challenges Undertaker for WrestleMania. And um he says that that match will not happen, so he's going to show up on SmackDown tomorrow to try to get a match on SmackDown for WrestleMania. And this is all being done to plant the seeds of John Cena versus Undertaker at WrestleMania, a match that you you two and I have heard about for, for a very long time now. Um, I don't know if you guys want me to play a smidgen of what Cena said yesterday that was, I guess, cryptic, or we could just talk about it. You want to play it, and then we'll dissect it? Yeah. You, you want me to play it, Mish? Go for it. All right. Here's uh, a majority of what Cena said yesterday, and then we'll talk about the idea of Cena versus Undertaker at Mania. I've been, I've been living a fantasy for a decade and a half, and I've been very fortunate for all this. So there's a logical voice in the back of my head that says, hey, you are 41 and uh, you've done a lot and you've given your life and your body to this. Uh, and eventually time is, 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 is going to grab you. And um, I don't think I'm doing myself any favors by trying to juggle everything that I'm trying to juggle. But I have all these conflicting interests where I want to do well outside of here for the benefit of here because it's a wonderful goal to have because the opportunities staring me in the face are, are mythical but every second I spend away from here the pulse gets weaker and uh, as much as I want to say like man nah you can you still got it uh, I, I, I was dishonest with myself and uh You know, I'm, now I have to be honest with myself and the honest question or, or the honest statement is I don't know if I'm going to WrestleMania. And uh, do, I, do, I just, do I just take that? You know, I, I, I was at uh, 
WrestleMania in Safeco Field as a young man in a, in a WrestleMania sweatsuit, grateful to rap about two artists. It was I didn't even have a match on the show, but I was grateful. I, I just got the sweatsuit. That was my take home from WrestleMania. And I remember it so much because it was the first of many. And even with one arm, I was able to show up to WrestleMania. And now I face the fact of, of showing up uh, and not being able to contribute. And um, I got to, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like such a harsh reality and a really scary thing. I, I'm obviously for you, but I think for the WWE universe in general to imagine a WrestleMania without John Cena no, there. That's that's an obvious thing. There was a lot of WrestleManias before I got there, and there'll be a lot of WrestleManias after I'm gone. What I'm telling you is, I'm not. I don't limp into the ring. Uh, I can still compete at a high caliber level. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm stronger than I've ever been. Um, it's just the cards aren't falling my way, and, and here we are with WrestleMania staring us in the face, and I don't have a. I don't have an opponent, but I may I may have a plan. Uh, it, it may involve me stepping outside of the, the proper etiquette that we consider in the WWE. And uh, what 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 are you talking about? What does that mean? I'll, I'll figure it out. So that was his promo from last night. Now so, that's a shoot. <laughs> well, you know, look, Cena's been dead, planted. Dead Mish, tell me why it's not a shoot, Mish. Cena was planting the seeds for a while. Now, he sounds very sad, and I believe it. Um, you know, you know, my first take on this is that they've known for a while who has been who is scheduled to fight who at WrestleMania. I don't think Undertaker just decided to hit the gym a month ago and be like, you know what, I think I could do it. You know what I mean? So this we've heard about the rumors of Cena versus Undertaker at WrestleMania for at least six months. Now, I look at this two different ways. I'll be very quick with this, and I'd love to know what both of your thoughts are. And this is going to offend some people. All right. My first my first reaction is, all right, if Undertaker is going to have one more match at Mania, maybe Cena is the right opponent because Cena, his whole shtick is more Hulk Hogan-ish in a sense that, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, do high-flying stuff. He doesn't have to do these crazy moves. Yes, he stepped up his A-game when he took on AJ Styles, but he doesn't have to work AJ Styles' style, you know, to fight The Undertaker. So, could it, so it could be more ground game. It could be strength. It could be brawling fisticuffs. So maybe Cena is the perfect opponent if Taker could do it again. Now, on the flip side of it, and this is going to offend people, and believe me, I thought about this long and hard before I decided I was going to say this. But when Cena mentioned Undertaker tonight, and I listened to that crowd go nuts, and I listened to everybody chanting, yes, 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 and before anybody really gets upset with me, take a step back, think about what I'm saying, and just... Take the selfishness of being a wrestling fan, put it aside for a minute, and tell, ask yourselves if you think that this is the case. When I'm listening to those fans tonight, I'm having the thoughts of last year's WrestleMania. 
And yes, on the 24 special, they edited the match between Reigns and Taker to look like a great competitive competition, a great competitive battle between the two. But when you watch that match unedited from bell to bell, Undertaker looked sad. He looked Mm. like he couldn't do it anymore. That whole spot when he tried to do the pile driver, it was embarrassing as an Undertaker fan. Pack it up. And when I, what I saw tonight, and this is where it's going to offend people, I compare it, and this is very hard for me to say, but I compare it to a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, when my dog was in a vet for two weeks, liver failure, kidney failure, having all of the like fluids forced into his body, and he was dying. And me, I still break down and cry when I think of my dog because I'm tormented to this day, going to sleep at night, and I'll have dreams that my dog is alive. I'll have dreams that my dog is sick in my dreams. I have dreams that feel so vivid and real. I wake up and I feel like, why the fuck is God teasing me about my dog? I miss my dog tremendously. And three years ago, I kept that dog alive two extra weeks because I thought inside, you know what? There's got to be some medication. There's got to be some treatment. He'll pull through it. He'll pull through it. And then I came to the realization, and I talked to Kev privately about this back then, and I talked to Mish also. It was the hardest decision I've ever done in my life, and I realized that the reason why that dog was still alive was because I was being selfish as a pet owner who couldn't break away and couldn't just accept the fact that my dog just couldn't survive this anymore. And it broke my fucking heart, but I put that dog to sleep, and it torments me to this day that I keep asking myself, should I have done it? Should I have waited longer? But in all reality, I take a step back. I'm like, you know what? That dog was sick. He was not going to recover. Everybody goes sooner or later. You can't be selfish as a pet owner because you love your dog and you don't want to see him go and you can't say goodbye, but you have to be strong and do it. And that's what I, that's the flashback I had tonight with the fans. I'm like, listen, do you remember what Undertaker looked like at Mania last year? Do you remember how bad he looked during that match with Reigns? Do you want to see that again? Lifting weights? Yeah, he feels great. Thinking he could do one more match? Mentally? Yeah, he does. And maybe he could still do one match. And I and Lord knows, he'll probably have a good match with Cena. And everybody will be like, you see, he did have one match left of him. But if he doesn't, you can't keep being selfish. And because you want to see him one more time, because you want to see him battle again, because you love his character, because you love him as a wrestler, because you don't want to see someone finally become mortal, you got to take a step back a little bit and say, you know what? As much as I would love to see that, maybe it's time you let it go. And that's how I feel about it. You know, deep down inside, maybe my dog could have survived. Maybe I could have done something else. Maybe Undertaker does have one extra match. And I'm sorry if this is a little bit explicit and a little bit, but this is the only way that I could try to get through people out there that at the end of the day, sure, we all enjoy The Undertaker. We all loved his matches, but it gets to a point where you got to just take it, take a little bit of reality and say, you know what? No, no, you know what? Let's remember the good times and let's leave it the way it is. Do you guys think that there's still a large contingent of people out there that want to keep seeing Undertaker wrestle? I think he has a, you know, a huge fan base. I'm one of them. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, 
such a fan. I have the Ministry of Darkness, one of my first tattoos in the early 90s uh, that I got. And uh, it's one of my favorites to this day. And, um, you know, to me, though, I, I, as a guy closing in on 50 years old myself, <clears throat> no secret, um, it, there's, you know, there's limitations of what you can do. You can be of value in other aspects and certain things and other things are winding down. Um, you know, that's, that comes with age. That comes with life. It's no, it's no different. There's a lot of people who probably thought Derek Jeter can do another season or two on the Yankees, right? DT, I'm sure some people thought Piazza retired maybe a year too early, but, but, uh, you know, it comes, you got You have to know within yourself. And I always, that whole thing, Undertaker can do whatever he wants. If he wants to wrestle you well, no, there comes a time where the company has to step in and say, it's not your best interest. You're, you're not looking good, dude. You're 53. You had a hard time last year. This is getting sad now, and someone should step in and say, Mark Calloway doesn't do what he wants. That's nonsense. I mean, come on. Uh, he's not a king. I mean, he goes by what the company wants, and the McMahons, they might let him do certain things, but there comes a time when someone's going to say, this isn't right, and, and, and what is it for? And if he does wrestle John Cena, who is this really for? Is this for the fans? Is this for Cena? Is this for Taker? Is it for the two guys who've kept this company going? Really, when you think about it, that's what they both have in common, Cena and Taker. Mm. Uh, they're, they're both different sides of the coin, political player-wise. Sure. Obviously, Cena's more of a mainstream star because Taker has to kayfabe still at this point. I mean, come on, the guy doesn't even show up at the Hall of Fame half the time to kayfabe. Right. But um, there, there comes time where he's got to they got to step in and, and say, "Listen, Mark, <laughs> you know, Mark." It's, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the backstage uh, footage. That was just on the uh, new documentary on the last WrestleMania mm-hmm. where they show Mark in the car and they show him behind the and he's limping in the back as he's walking before the match even starts, by the way. Um, he, he's he's looking broken down. And I, when does the company step in and say, this is not good for your legacy? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to take a fan. Do I want to see this? No, I don't. I, I'll accept it. Well, I, I don't know if I'll even pop for it. I don't know if I'm going to even be like, okay, this is the last one. This is definitely the last one. Him and Cena, so I'm going to really be into this. Even if he puts on a great match, you know in the back the guy's going to go into a tub of ice and be in the hospital for the next week recovering like he always is the last three years. I right. mean, you guys know legit that he really had to have medical you know, he was in, in like, you know, on the doctor's calf days after his last few WrestleManias. And I don't know if it's because he's old, per se, but he's got a lot of injuries. He's also a very big man. You know, it's 6'10". He's not a normal size guy. And you guys know, too, life expectancy of guys who are giants. Kevin Nash says it all the time. He's outlived his life expectancy because his father died much younger, who's the right. same size as him. So I don't know if Mark is pushing himself uh, for the company. And, and, and I do think a lot of people, guys, do want to see him one last time. But is it necessary? It, can we all live with the fact that Roman Reigns beat him in a fixed match, a predetermined match? I can accept it, and I don't care that it was Roman Reigns. I don't care if he lost to uh, a job guy in his last match. So fucking what? How many people has Flair and Dusty had to put over in the twilight of their career? How many people did Harley Race have to lay down for in the twilight of their career? Why does he? I, I'm thinking he beat Cena. What's the point of that? Or if even Cena beats him, or what are they going to go to a one-hour Broadway? I just, I know I'm rambling on about this, but I don't know what the point of this match would be. Who does it help, guys? Does it help Taker, Cena, or does it cement these two as here's our two biggest stars who've kept this company going during the good times and bad. Here they are. It doesn't matter who really wins. It's just them two fighting at WrestleMania. I don't get the point. You know, I don't know. I think it's sad at this point. I don't, and 
Bottom line, don't want to see it, but I think we're going to see it. You're probably right. I, I, I don't see any other alternative for it. I mean, if you go back to thinking about the uh, anniversary Raw that they had, you know, a lot of people thought that that was Undertaker's retirement speech, but nothing really came from there. Nope. So I don't know. I don't know. Is this, you think that this might possibly be his last? It has to be. Where, where, where does he go from here? And was it his, he did what he did last year to put Reigns over and give him the yard, so to speak. So it's not really working. So we don't kind of like the taste in the mouth of him with that. So John Cena, now that's, everyone's going to take that. That's epic because Cena is the man. Taker can go out. Cena will do the job. And then this will be a better story than the Reigns. Do you think, guys, that they don't like the way the Reigns story ended up? That's why they're going back to the drawing board to another ending for Undertaker's career? Do you think yeah. that might have something to do with it? I think the card is not stacked yet. Mm-hmm. And, I, and look, we know we're going to get AJ Styles versus Nakamura. I still think we're getting Asuka versus Charlotte. You know, but if you take those two matches aside... You know, it looks like we're also going to get Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie. Oh, wait, wait, hold on a second. We're not getting Bliss Asuka? I don't think we're getting Bliss Asuka because Asuka never officially said who she was going to challenge. She won the Royal Rumble, and she gets to choose who she wants to face at WrestleMania. In storyline, she hasn't made her choice yet. They're, you know, keeping it very quiet, you know, as far as if you notice, they really aren't coming straight out and advertising Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. What you keep hearing instead is that Nia Jax should have gotten an opportunity at WrestleMania for the title. Nia Jax should have gotten that opportunity. So in storyline, we probably will see Nia Jax get that opportunity and Asuka will challenge Charlotte. Asuka will probably just show up you know, unexpectedly at a SmackDown or who knows, possibly Fastlane, and then challenge Charlotte for the title. Uh, it's going to be interesting to hear her English as she does it. But then oh, when God. she challenges Charlotte, this is going to leave Alexa Bliss with no opponent at Mania. And I think that's where they're going to announce the match Nia Jax. I mean, I don't know if they'll do a one-on-one. You know, I think that they will because we're still supposed to get Sasha versus Bailey which has torn it up in the past. They did great with NXT main events. So, you know, you know that they can still do it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you know, when you have sex with a girl for the first time, you know, it's, it's, it's great and it's fucking wonderful. And, yeah, it might be great the second, third, fourth time, but it's never as great as the first time. You know what I mean? So Sasha and Bailey, we've seen it in the past many times. So mm-hmm. we know what they can do. But... The only thing that's going to feel different this time around is a little bit of emotion. You know, somebody turning heel. So that aspect. So as far as AJ Styles and Nakamura, you want to see them blow their load and have a five-star match? Go on YouTube right now and go watch the New Japan match because you ain't going to get anything better than that. So why? Just because there's a WrestleMania banner on top so if somebody could point at it, it's going to make it feel any different? You know, (laughs) the energy of the crowd is going to make it feel different. You know, but other than that, I just think the card, they're trying to make it as strong as possible. And I think that they feel and Undertaker feels that he has at least one more match in him. And, you know, they decided, okay, you know, maybe we'll get a couple of additional eyes to watch this match. I personally would love to see them add a stipulation that it's a retirement match. Whoever loses is done. Plain no, and simple. So, 
So, BTT, basically what you're saying, and you're probably right, it's it's a business decision. It's not on emotion. It's based on numbers and tickets. I think it's, yeah, I think it's mo- mostly business, but I also think it's emotion. I, I could picture right. Vince at Triple H saying, you think you got one more in you? you know, and yeah, take yeah a, I could picture that yeah, too. It's just uh, whatever. So. But does it make it, I mean, does it make it right, or does it show you how uh, shallow uh, the situation is there for faith in the talent pool with drawing and selling tickets, or is it show you how much they respect and, and how Mark Calloway Undertaker is one of a kind and so iconic that they have to turn to their go-to guy during these kind of times and like, yeah, show them how it's done. Show them how a match gets over. You and Cena, you're the only ones who could do this. We need you. Like that oh. kind of, not, not in a bullshit way, but in a legitimate, we need you guys way. Probably a little of both, don't you right. think? I mean, the, the the talent pool, you're right. I mean, people aren't really clamoring for WrestleMania. There's still floor seats that are available. Yeah. And at the same point, you're right. You can't just replace Undertaker. You, you can't do it. There's nobody that could just up and replace him. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit of both. You know, the talent pool isn't really uh, uh, drawing in the same way that you would expect Undertaker to draw. And at the same point, you can't really just replace a guy's legacy like that. No, I saw. And did you guys see the other night? And it's so, it so bothers me. And it's, and it's no reflection on him. Actually, the the article was a positive article about Elias being the one, upcoming you know stars reasons to watch Raw. And behind them was pictures of the, of the crowd, and there was empty seats all over the place yeah. while he was doing his thing. I'm like, my God! And I think it was in the middle of the show. I'm like, fuck, man! Is the tenants that bad around the loop for these guys for these shows? Mm. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm asking. I'm asking you guys: is it is it is is you know is attendance that bad? It, you know, if you look at the overall financial numbers, attendance has been down. Live shows have been down. House shows have yeah. been down. SmackDown has had much more of an issue than Raw, even though you know Raw at times you know had their their tickets have been down, but. You know, again, you look at storyline. What was Kurt Angle's promo? You know, my job is to give everyone the best matches possible. And, you know, Brock Lesnar's not even on Elimination Chamber. I mean, you know, and, he, and, and tonight, I mean, how many people are complaining that they don't even have a match at Mania? You know, you got Miz cutting the promo. You got Burr cutting a promo. You got this person, cut, Cena cutting a promo. You know, just everybody. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's in disarray, but... um. A uh, couple of tidbits, and we'll get into a few other discussions. Um, you know, tonight they announced the latest recipient of the Warrior Award. Meltzer's reporting that two uh, people who are very heavily rumored for the WWE Hall of Fame this year. I find one of these two very interesting. Bam Bam Bigelow, it's not that I don't find it interesting. I expect it should have happened by now. So, bam, bam, uh, I think they will make cool. the announcement official. Uh, but they're also rumoring to, ha- it's rumored to have Kid Rock being put into the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> we were talking about that last night at the show, actually. I was talking to a, a tour manager who's a pretty notable tour manager, and he was saying, So, uh, Kid Rock's going into your little wrestling Hall of Fame. And he said that to me. He goes, oh, you're a wrestling fan, right, Kevin? I'm like, yeah, I do the podcast. He goes, yeah, you do the radio show. He goes, uh, what do you think about Kid Rock going off him? Like, ah, that's that's a rumor. He goes, no, no, I heard it. It's true. <laughs> this is a guy. This is a guy in the industry, like a notable guy. And he he told me. He goes, what do you think about that? I'm like, I if it's true, I'll, I'll have a lot to say about it. But until I go, I told him. I said, we don't like to totally, you know, talk on things until it's yeah, confirmed. It's but it's if it, if if it's true. 
because uh, he was asking me, what has he really done for wrestling? And I said, I, I did a couple of theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't he do the tribute? He did the tribute to the troops a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he did a tribute to the yeah. troops and stuff. He, he did. You know, he did American Badass for Undertaker. And I mean, uh, he performed a few years back, right? When Sonny, I remember Sonny was in that, the Women's Battle Royal with all the girls. Uh, remember, they had uh, Santino dress up like the girl in the Battle Royal. Kid Rock sang them into the uh, Battle Royal. And he got a bad reaction that day. If you guys remember, he didn't get a good reaction. You know what? Anybody but Machine Gun Kelly. If they ever fucking oh, God, put Machine God. Gun Kelly in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you know, you always hear people, you know, uh, not the, the latest one is the, the big banners, you know, just like they have not my president hashtag. Now they got yeah. not my main event. But I got oh, they, if they ever put Machine Gun Kelly in the Hall of Fame, I will definitely be stupid and write a little hashtag with a big banner that says not my Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> I hate that. Well, fucking well obviously, he's going in the celebrity wing. But by the way, did you guys know? I had to research it, not to be ignorant, but I didn't know who the kid was who was getting the Warrior Award. I didn't know who he was. You know what? I had to, I had to, I had to research it. You know what? It, it's it's a wonderful story. And well, it's a nice it's a nice story. I just didn't know about the kid, to be yeah. honest with you. You know, his name is Jarius Robertson. Uh, little kid, double liver, yeah. tr- liver transplant right. survivor, big-time wrestling fan. Yeah. And you read his story, various inspirational, you know, very deserving of this award. The only thing that I I have a problem with, and I and I've said this in the past, and I know that this turns people off, but I have a little you know rhyme about the Warrior Award, and trust me, anybody knows you know we are I don't you know I know Mish is a little bit also, but Kevin and I are some of the biggest Warrior fans in history. Yeah. I mean, when everybody was shitting on him with the documentary, I mean, we were defending him and all that. But the Warrior Award has turned into, if you're not ill, you don't fit the bill. That's basically yeah. what it is. You have right. to be sick or something. You know, you can't just, you know, do, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not ill, you yeah. don't fit the bill. But right. the one thing about this kid is that last year, Stephanie presented him with a WWE Hero Award for his courage. You know, and he's gotten awards from ESPN and others. And like I said, he's deserving. But he WWE gave him an award last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, maybe you give it to somebody else this time around. Or I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough situation because he is deserving. You know, how could you look at that story and not say that he's deserving of the award? I just don't like the fact that WWE focuses on only one person. I think it should be a group award. I think they should give it to multiple different people for multiple different reasons. Maybe yeah. it could be a survivor in the shooting from Florida. You have this kid getting the award. You get someone else who's basically, you know, survived cancer. Maybe someone who helps people, you know, who was ill themselves. I mean, I I just think that this this award should be for the warriors. You know what I mean? It just I I I wish the award would be expanded a little bit more. So Oh, I I, I agree with you guys. I'm sorry, Mish. I the the uh, award so far has gone to Connor who passed away a young kid. Then it was Joan London, uh who beat cancer, you know, more of a, a more upbeat story in the end. And then last year, wasn't it the football player who was paralyzed? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and again, uh, DT and Mission, we've all talked about this before. We kind of, you know, it's pointless to go back and forth about it, but the 
Warrior Award was not what this was supposed to be, right. but they, they twisted it around to something else. This award was supposed to be for guys behind the scenes, the Jim Johnsons, the people uh, you know who worked there for years, the costume makers and stuff. And it turned into, as DT said, if you're ill, you fit the bill. That's that's a, a fair slogan, uh, not trying to be you know sarcastic about it. Um, you know, honestly, I would think maybe they would give it to a, a wrestler who, who's overcome some hardships like a Kamala, you know I, what I mean, I would, or something. I, I, how many years did I say give it to Bobby Heenan? Yeah. Bobby Heenan, Kamala would be one, I would think, you know, to get him out there. I mean, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame on his wrestling merits of what he's achieved with the character. But even, like I said, there's a lot of wrestlers who are not doing good, someone who's ill or someone who's battled back. Um, yeah, Bobby Heenan would have been a great recipient of it, but I guess also the the fact that Warrior and Heenan didn't get along too good, but I thought Kamala would be a great recipient for the Warrior Award. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm well, amazed that they don't do something for the staff. Like even if if they wanted to project the Warrior Award onto these kids and to these people that are, you know, um, sick. Yeah, surprised that they don't actually do something for the staff where they they do a mention or a nod. I mean, even if it's not in the Hall of Fame, I'm I'm surprised overall. There's no kind of award or understanding or plaque for all the people that work behind the scenes. Yeah. You would think by now uh, they would have come up with something, you know, just to, you know, acknowledge people. I mean, it's this many years and they don't come up with anything. And just like other award ceremonies, not everybody has to be on camera. You do like something during the day, during catering or during lunch. You hand out a couple of plaques. You shake hands. You take a couple of pictures. You you profile it on WWE.com. Right. And- I was just I was just gonna I was just thinking that DT you took the words out of my mouth. You're right. Like why can't they do a side ceremony, so to speak? There's there's no <laughs> excuse for it. I mean, just you give it back to people. I just think, and, and I and I I really believe this. You know. It's with wrestlers, it's pretty much cut and dry because, you know, wrestlers, because they gave their bodies in the ring, they're more inclined that once they're retired and they're over and done with that, you know, and they hit hard times, they might try to go after WWE saying that, you know, that they suffered this abuse. I mean, you have those 50 wrestlers of that concussion that, you know, the class action lawsuit. Um, So I just think that WWE doesn't trust a lot of people outside of the inner circle. So you go right. to the kids, you go to the sick, you go to the cancer survivors, you go to people, you know, who are, are, are easy, you know, they're, they're safe people to celebrate. You know, you don't want to give a warrior award to someone who was a former wrestler who's battling stuff. And then you find out that the person turns around and tries to accuse you all of this stuff down the line. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just think WWE just doesn't trust a whole lot of people. And it's a shame because like you, like you said, and we've said over the years, you got people working there 10, 20, 30, 40 years that never get acknowledged, never get a plaque. They might get a raise and a little thing behind the scenes, but man, I mean, you know, give out a couple of awards every year, make people feel like, you know, even though none of us may give a fuck about half the people that they're celebrating, you know, to that person who is dedicated so much of their life to help WWE, it's a nice little good feeling inside of being acknowledged. Mm. So who knows? Who knows? Um, Speaking of Stephanie, for those that are interested, she appeared on Lillian Garcia's chasing glory podcast over the weekend. Very fluff interview. 
you're really not going to hear anything, you know, noteworthy to come out of it. You know, she talks a little bit behind the scenes during the ECW, the evasion storyline and things like that. But, you know, with Lillian Garcia's podcast, she's entertaining. She's pleasant voice to listen to. You know, you don't expect Lillian Garcia to be really hammering really, really tough questions. That's not the type of show that she does. But if you want to hear a very down-to-earth interview, go check it out. It's actually not too bad. I listened to about half of it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, I like Lillian Garcia's podcast. I think she does a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I want to give a shout-out to some of our... New and returning patrons, Michael Drevnak, Paul H., Justin Moore, Tony Moffat, and Deadeye Beavis. Love that name. And a <laughs> uh, special shout-out to John Stern, our latest associate producer of the show. A uh, cool. couple other shout-outs, and we'll get into some more a little bit later. Tyg Z. Bowers, Tom Nelson, Simon Hoodie Hood, Brent Webster, The Metaphor Isaac Fox, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Charles Lentz, and Courtney Summers. We'll get into some more shout-outs later. Uh, I also want to congratulate. This was fucking awesome. Yesterday, we did the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view predictions contest on Patreon, and we, we always have a tiebreaker. You know, mm-hmm. And basically, the tiebreaker is if there's a tie for the most number of points, um, you have to win the tiebreaker. And last night's tiebreaker was to predict the match time of Oscar versus Nia Jax. So last night, Matt Buller and Pran Fernando both scored a perfect score of 37 points. Every match, every bonus question, they got everything predicted correctly. Wow. So it came down to the tiebreaker. So last night, the match time between Asuka and Nia Jax was 8 minutes and 15 seconds. So of those two guys, whoever came closest to 8.15 won the grand prize. So Matt Buller ended up getting the consolation prize because his match prediction was seven minutes. You know mm. what Pran Fernando's match prediction was? What? Seven minute and one second. Oh, God. He won the Jeez. grand prize by one fucking second. Jeez. That's the difference between a $300 prize and a $30 prize. Wow. So, but hey, what's Jeez. fair is fair. What's fair is fair. I want to congratulate That's both true. of them. They did a great job. Um, just two tidbits because, you know, a couple of people were asking privately about it. During the bonus points questions yesterday, one of the questions was, does Elias sing and play the guitar at the, in the chamber? And that answer was actually yes. Some people yeah. immediately thought pod, but I never said pod is the question. And also the other question was, would Ronda Rousey and Stephanie get physical with each other during a contract signing? Ronda Rousey got physical, but Stephanie did not. So that answer was no. So, you know, some people wanted me to clarify that, but I figured, you know, let me just mention it now. And one more thing. I had mentioned this on Twitter. I got a lot of people messaging me privately, a lot of patrons, a lot of non-patrons. And I said, look, if anybody out there needs a little bit of advice as far as taxes go, send me an email, send me a private message. I'll help you wherever I can because I also, in addition to doing insurance, I do taxes every year. I don't get into the real advanced taxes, but I do a lot of the simple, basic taxes. And um, a couple of people asked me the same question. I just want to mention this for everybody out there. Um, You know, some people got audited from IRS. Some people owe money to IRS. 
and a few people out there are having some hard times right now for various reasons. I'm not going to explain what the reasons are. But basically what a lot of people were asking me is, do I think IRS would offer them some type of a break, some type of a payment plan? And my answer is to everybody out there, go on irs.gov. They have a customer service number. They will absolutely work out a payment plan for you. I have a customer right now that owes $47,000 to IRS, and they just lowered his payment plan to $320 a month. Mm. He owes a boatload of money. Originally, he wanted $1,000 a month. They cut it down to a little over $300 because he has hard times. He didn't have to prove it. But if you talk nice on the phone and you tell them your situation, they will definitely work something out with you. The only thing I will let you all know is be prepared to dial the phone number, put it on speakerphone, and put the phone down. Because you'll probably be on hold for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, two hours. It's a very long wait, but it is worth the wait. And I'm it's sorry. Worse, for, it's worse than movie phone. No, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I've had to call IRS for a few customers, and it's not fun, believe me. But, you know, for some people in the chat room, I'm sorry that we're not talking about Elias singing. And, you know. We will, though. We will. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, we're, we're adults here. And we are very intelligent, and we talk about real-life situations. If you right. want, you know, to whack off, you know, so we could talk about Paige's tattoo or how hot Mandy Rose looked, go fucking listen to somebody else. I mean, Mandy I, Rose is hot, though. She is fucking hot. She's tremendously she hot. hot. She's hot. But, man, She's... I mean, come on. You know, the minute I start talking about real life, talk about wrestling news, yeah. Fucking suck my dick. <laughs> fucking babies. Grow the fuck up. You're listening to a couple of adults here. I mean, there's real life shit going on. Fucking idiots. And I say that with love. I say that with absolute love. I say that with love. They listen to the show. They support the show. I say that with love. I don't mean that personally. I appreciate everybody listening, but man, you got to know by now that we, if you have a real life situation and we could offer you a little advice, we're going to give you the advice. We're not going to turn around and say, go fucking listen to somebody else and get that answer. If we could help, we will. That's right. So, you know, help here. We care about you motherfuckers. It's it's like the song. I get by with a little help from my accountant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I mentioned Paige a little while ago. I guess we could mention it. Um, and Mish gave me a, a quick lesson about this today. I didn't even know about this, and I have a feeling Kev knows I about it was just this. Very, knowledge. Nah, know, I never knew about this, but I'm sure Kev knows about this as well. Now, for those that aren't aware, Paige got a new tattoo last yeah. week. And yesterday when she was on the pre-show for the pay-per-view, her hands were never visible. All right. Now, Mish and I'm sure Kev will discuss latex in a moment. But I'm assuming that maybe Paige, Paige, we're not talking about that type of latex, but... <laughs> right, right now, fans are like, "What kind of relationship does Mish and Kevin have?" Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to tune into Mish's uh, prophylactic commercials. Uh, Soon following the uh, uh, but check this out. I mean, it's not like you just have latex readily available in your purse or your bag. So maybe she didn't have it with her. 
So she was forced to keep the hands in her lap. So for people that don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now, she got two tattoos, one on each hand, and it is, I don't know what you would call like the side of your hand, not the thumb side, but along the side of where your pinky is. On one hand, it says talk shit in real big scripted letters. And on the right hand, it says get bit. So you put them together, it says talk shit, get bit. There are photos of the tattoo online. You know, you you could fucking be so blind that you might even be considered for a warrior award. You could see this tattoo. <laughs> it is so fucking big. And when I saw it, I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm a big fan of Paige, but what is she thinking right now by doing yeah. that? She can't even grab a fucking microphone now without somebody looking at that and says, get bit. You're either going to see get bit or talk shit. Yeah. So Mish was educating me a little bit earlier and showed me a photo that actually Paige can cover this up when performing for WWE if she's ever back in the ring or she does an interview segment. I'll give you both the floor and you could describe a little bit more as far as this latex deal with tattoos. I didn't even know about this. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's like regularly used to cover tattoos and stuff like that, but... You know, working at uh, haunted houses and stuff like that over the years, and I'm sure people in TV know this uh, as well, that there's like liquid latex that you can get. And it pretty much covers up anything that you want it to do. It's usually very white. And then all they have to do is just put a bunch of makeup on it and you don't realize it. It stays on there. It doesn't peel off. It doesn't sweat off. You have to actually use alcohol in order to burn the latex off. It's, It's pretty fucking resilient, you know, but. Liquid latex, it's like three bucks a bottle. And uh, like the first time that I used it is when when I was working at the haunted house way back in the day. Uh, I would do like the zombie clown thing and shit like that. So they they would attach like uh, tissue and newspaper and they would roll it up in a way. And then they put the latex on top of it in order to get it to stick to your face and look like bones are protruding from your face. And then you'd have the makeup girl come over and she'd put the makeup on it and stuff like that. It doesn't matter how hot it is and how much you sweat. That shit don't come off. So liquid latex pretty much covers everything, you know, even though she's got these big old fucking gaudy ass tattoos on her hands, you know, just a a simple layer of latex and some makeup and you don't notice shit. No, and I got, I have tattoos on both my hands. You guys probably know I got a big uh, archangel on the front of one of my hands and I got a, a demon gargoyle on the other one. And then yeah. I have on I have on the side uh, song lyric. It says uh, "Everybody hurts" on one hand, and then it says "Sometimes" on the other hand. No, it doesn't oh, that's say that. Cool. Okay. <laughs> 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 Everybody. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that. I'm just kidding. But uh, I got the two the, the demon and the archangel on both hands. I don't have any writing, but it goes through to my thumbs and up my in, uh, up my fingers. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, I they can do that. It's a process. It's a pain in the ass. I'm sure. WWE wasn't thrilled about it because it's just an extra thing that I have to do for her now and she's on TV every time. But yeah, the talk shit thing on the front of her hand, that just kind of shows Paige's immaturity. It kind of shows that uh, she's still not fully cooked yet as an adult um, and still makes some stupid decisions. And uh, Misha, I still say she's uh, gotten a little thick. And we were, we were disputing that in the uh, chat earlier. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was some bad shots of her, though, too. I mean, she might be thicker. Uh, yeah, she, she looks, still, might might say she looks not, bad, not, but she looks like she's getting weight. I'm totally not disagreeing. Well, she's I'm not wrestling. She's, she's, not, she's not really doing physicality now. So True, true. 
You know, what do you think, by the way, guys? They're going to keep her on as an on-air talent because let's be honest, they're not going to make her an agent. They're not going to make her a trainer. She, who's she going to, you know, who's going to listen to her? So you think they'll just make her walk girls out until they can figure out what they're going to do with her? Unless she gets a fucking Mike Tyson like tattoo on her face that writes something okay. else, you know, like, uh, you know. I mean, I could, I could just, I, I don't get it. Yo, place your balls here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Jesus. Well, uh, you know, but um, so you guys, what, what do you guys think of this this absolution? Now, this is just they're, they're just gonna break these girls up, or what's gonna happen? She'll, she'll get, girl? she'll get on the one eye, blow, blow your load, and the right eye it says hit the road, <laughs> blow your load, hit the road. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh man, uh, I I I still think she's going to return. I think that WWE is probably giving her you know time to just rest and recoup. And I think you're going to hear very soon of her doing some light workouts and some light you know maybe lifting of weights. And I think they're going to treat it with what is that phrase? Baby hands or the baby steps? <laughs> Ba- baby hands, baby steps. They'll they'll take baby steps with her. I don't. They haven't look. They haven't just come out and said that she's retired. <laughs> they haven't come out and said she's I'm retired. Sorry. So I until they say that she's retired, you know, I'm still going with, you know, that there's still a chance that she will still perform. <clears throat> I think they're just cutting it down to two cocks a day. <laughs> Well, the doctor's orders, Kev. <laughs> oh God, we might have to edit this part out. This is so silly. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just, right. Right. Speaking of doctor's orders, uh, Jeff Hardy was in Birmingham last week, uh, getting reevaluated for the the rehabilitation for his torn labrum and torn, rot- torn rotator cuff. Um, You know, people still saying that there's a chance he could be ready in time for WrestleMania. I don't see that at all. There's no storyline right now. They're not going to be a surprise. I mean, it would be cool and everything, but, you know, maybe that's the reason why they just won't pair up Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. I mean, I just think the two of them, I've said this for so long now, the two of them together as a tag team would be a very interesting you know, just aura amongst the two of them. But WWE, for some reason, you know, they just won't make that move. And uh, Jeff Hardy returns. I mean, what are we going to have? One normal Jeff and, you know, one normal Hardy and one broken Hardy? I mean, what, I mean, it, it's either totally broken or totally fixed. You don't drive a car that's half fucked up and half good. You know, half my engine is blown. You could have one guy sane and one fucking whacked out of his mind in storyline. Do you think that WWE didn't have any foresight when it came to Matt Hardy? Like, they just kind of expected it was more Matt Hardy than it was the gimmick, and Matt Hardy just being in WWE was going to bring them in millions of dollars? I think, yeah, I think they overestimated the gimmick, and I thought their tweaking of it, they thought they could make it better, more marketable. But this has been a disaster. Even last, uh, they were watching the pay-per-view and the match, and Matt Hardy got the win. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. No one no one cared. Come on. No, this this feud is a disaster. It's it's a total fucking waste of time. And then Bray on today fighting Rhino, and what's poor Heath Slater continues to you know just be here. Uh, and then him going into the camera and, and then doing his, thre- yeah, his, thre- his threatening pro- his baby ass. his threatening promo to Matt Hardy. This isn't this feud over. Matt won, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> <It's my fault. laughs> 
I mean, come on. Last night he was literally he literally stopped the match and started clapping for Bray, <laughs> I mean, and then got the audience involved to start oh, clapping man. for Bray. Come That's on, that was hilarious. That. I know it was funny, but it's it just this is not going well. This whole no. Matt Hardy thing. It's just, uh, you know I'm not going to say it's a colossal failure. But, uh, you know, do you guys know, is his merch even selling or is this, that's just a bullshit thing? Does anybody care about this character, Matt Hardy? I know Elias' shirt, I, I think, is number, number one did. now, by the way. I think initially Matt Hardy's merchandise sold, but, I, I mean, yeah. they haven't done anything to improve it. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who had a real hot start, Matt Hardy came in on fire. Yeah. People wanted Matt Hardy in WWE and they got it. And then it was like, uh, okay, well, we want you to be here as the broken gimmick. We, we like the Hardy boys, but we want broken Matt Hardy. Yeah. And so they finally came to the conclusion of woken Brett, uh, Matt Hardy. And then it's like, okay, and now we'll give you some generic orchestra music to get you in here. And then that's it. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think they realized that it was more than just one guy. It was well, the whole environment. Well, let me ask you guys something. Jeff never gets hurt. Are we talking about this? Is are they, are they just still the Hardy Boys at this point? Jeff never gets hurt. It's a good question. Um, yeah. I think that both of them right now might be broken. Yeah. Or woken. You know, you can't say broken. You got to go woken. I think. Jeff by, is I broken, think that is woken. I yeah. think something could happen at WrestleMania, and believe it or not, we might see a cameo from his Jeff, wife yeah. or senior oh, Benjamin maybe. or something like that. I have a feeling if they're going to do something, they're holding off until WrestleMania. Um, personally, I mean, they're infatuated with the laugh. They're infatuated, you know, with some of his phrases. They should have came out with a fucking $5 keychain box on WWE shop where you press a button and it goes, Hey, Oh, he, you know, whoa, you know, they could have just, I mean, I don't know. It just, they really didn't capitalize on the merchandise. They really didn't. I think at the same time, though, I don't think WWE ever envisioned that Anthem would turn around and sign the rights over to the Hardys. And to the point where Anthem is like, hey, you know what? You guys, you could all own your gimmicks and you could use your gimmicks out of here and you could do whatever the fuck you want. And this is an act, you know, just as long as. And I don't think WWE was really prepared for that. And, yeah. you know, I. We haven't talked much about Jeff Jarrett the last two weeks, um, but a lot of people just, you know, reevaluating the situation think that, you know, there might have been a little bit of negotiations here and there, and maybe, you know, they, they worked out a little bit something. I mean, yeah, Jarrett's no longer with Anthem or Global or Impact, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I think that there was a little bit of business dealings behind the scenes amongst right. the parties. Did it include a Hall of Fame bid? I don't know about that. Right. But, you know, when you look at it, and this is the interesting thing about it, who is the who are the ones talking mostly about Jeff Jarrett being put in the Hall of Fame? All former TNA guys that are working for WWE. True. Almost right. everybody that's making comments about Jeff Jarrett being put in are the former TNA guys. I mean, that's really who it is. You don't hear that many current WWE guys that are singing the praise. You'll see someone here and there, but for the most part, you know, who's going to turn around and, you know, be smirch AJ Styles for wishing Jeff Jarrett, you know, congratulations. Who's going to be smirch Bobby Roode? 
You know what I mean? So everybody, you know, hey, the former TNA guys, hey, they gave us, gave me my big break, gave yeah, me a shot, yeah. got me this, gave me that, you know, gave me an opportunity, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, that's basically what we got. But I don't think WWE ever envisioned on the Hardys owning the broken universe thing. Yeah, so they were probably ill-prepared for it. But speaking speaking of uh, TNA guys, is, is that solidified that Bobby Lashley has signed with WWE? Uh, is, that, is that a rumor? I mean, I'm seeing it. All it's still a rumor. You know, yeah. I keep reading that Bobby Lashley may feud with Brock Lesnar after WrestleMania. And my right. my answer is, why? I mean, yeah, exactly. We, we just would if you really just use logic for a minute, we're going to go through a storyline now for 45 days of being hammered down our throats that Brock Lesnar doesn't care about us. Brock Lesnar is a part time guy. Brock Lesnar hardly ever shows up. And then we're supposed to care that Bobby Lashley is going to feud with a guy that doesn't care about showing up, that doesn't show up at all, and this, this, and that. The fuck storyline they're going to have? They're going to have a yeah, pull apart, true. and then Brock's going to disappear for three weeks? You know, mm-hmm. so I, I don't... I don't. Do I think Lashley is going to sign if he hasn't already? Yes. Uh, the Brock Lesnar thing, I mean, I just think that's kind of dopey for people to be throwing that around right now. By the end of this, you know, WrestleMania, we're supposed to be going, nah, 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 hey, goodbye. You know, like, get the fuck out of here, you part-time right. guy. You know, <laughs> it's, even though it kind of sucks, man, it really sucks that WWE used a contract like this. And let's see what they do with Ronda Rousey for the next 45 days. You know, because I think they shot themselves in the foot yesterday with that with that promo. You know, they signed her to forty five days. Well, it's forty five days to WrestleMania. No. Oh, I thought you meant they signed her for forty five days. No, 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 no. It's forty five days to Mania. So remember, right. yesterday she wanted no perks. She wants to be treated like everyone else. She's going to be a you know a regular person like everybody else. You know, let's see how many you know times that she actually appears on Raw between now and WrestleMania. And I don't think she's going to have one match on TV before right. WrestleMania. No warm-up matches, no nothing. I think they're going to keep, you know, mm. us in suspense as far as what she could do well, in the ring. She's still training, though, right? I mean, she still yeah. goes onto the, yeah. the, the train and stuff. Yeah. What did you guys think of uh, the whole shtick, uh, the contract signing yesterday with her? Uh, I mean... Uh, I wrote it on Twitter today. I'm a big Joan Jett fan, and I'm already sick of the song. I just, I don't know. It's kind of, it's, I just got to get douche chills when she's walking down the ring. I don't know. I'm like, I know she's tough, legit, but I, I don't know. I, and I know this is a, a vehicle, and I believe it, DT, about that article we talked about a couple weeks ago to get Stephanie McMahon more mainstream coverage mm-hmm. and get her over. I believe it. It's probably true. And and Stephanie's so irritating and, and, uh, <laughs> So just the the diatribe, and I'm this. I I'll be honest with you, I was holding out for The Rock and Ronda Rousey against uh, uh, Triple H and Stephanie because I could just imagine Rock cutting promos on Stephanie would be fucking epic. And Kurt Angle, who looks like a little old man, by the way, is anybody noticing that Kurt Angle does not look good? He doesn't look good, guys. I don't know if I want to see him in the ring, let alone Undertaker. Him and Undertaker are going to make me cry throughout WrestleMania. I mean, <laughs> seriously. You know, if Ronda Rousey's, Ronda Rousey's sour patch face kid, that's, oh my God. You guys notice that? The sour, like, scrunchy face? I love her resting bitch face, man. Do you like it, Mish, really? Oh, it's hilarious. Know. You don't find it funny? The one thing I'll say is put keep the hair down. I don't like the hair up on Ronda Rousey. I don't like it. 
Um, at least you got a leather jacket that fits well, now. Kev, it's it's well, it's put your hair up and square up. So. Oh, I oh god, do I hate that phrase? <laughs> I, I, I stole that from my brother. I mean, I hate that phrase. But um, what do you call? It? I I just I don't know. DT, it's a vehicle to get Stephanie over it, and uh, I don't know where Ronda Rousey goes from here. She certainly is not the female Steve Austin. That's for damn sure. She can't talk, and she's got the resting bitch face on t- too much. And her and Angle together, I, I don't like this. I was hoping it would be The Rock. I was hoping it would be Braun Strowman. I, I don't want it to be Angle. I'm not looking forward to that at all, DT. I don't think I, Angle is Angle doesn't belong in the ring any more than Undertaker does. It, I I feel this match is going to be a lot of Gaga. You think so? It's going to yeah. be Gaga. It's it's going to yeah. be Gaga. And you know what? Maybe that's a good thing for Angle. It's a good thing for Rousey. She won't have to do a whole lot. Um, you know, and we had talked about this before that the minute Rhonda looks like a deer in headlights, right? Look, she's performed MMA and she's an impressive fighter. I actually have no problem with her right now. I blame a lot of the negativity surrounding her to WWE in the way that they, you know, they are putting her over as the greatest fucking thing since Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like they're just overblowing. Like this is the biggest signing in our lifetime. And this is, you know, I mean, look, it's a great signing and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you know, take bait. Take baby steps with her. That's the uh-huh. <laughs> not, baby hands, baby steps. You take baby steps. But the minute she, she's out in WrestleMania and she's in front of that many people, it's very intimidating. And I'm sure no matter how many times she's fought, if a first match is going to be in front of tens of thousands of people and it's right. WrestleMania and she knows that the fans in a split second could turn on her, She's going, wouldn't be surprised if you hear that she vomits before she has a match in the back from all the nerves. I mean, it's, it would really rattle a lot of people. So if she does get scared in a ring or nervous or, you know, or just looks like a deer in headlights, boom, you know, tag out to, you know, Triple H. Stephanie tags out to Triple H. Triple H, uh, that means that Angle is forced to tag in and you could keep doing that and it will, hide you know the um you know any negativity with her i again i'm looking forward to see what she she can do i'm not gonna criticize her or anything like that i just think wwe has to be really really careful the way that they hype her up because they're trying to make i wrote this yesterday on twitter you know for Mm -hmm. for the last couple of months you had fucking people within wwe especially the women talking all this you know, these indirect cheap shots to fucking Ronda Rousey and this, this, and that. And then WWE wonders why so many fans are against Ronda Rousey. You don't think that because Nikki Bella opened a fucking mouth and wrote shit about Ronda Rousey that the Bella army aren't going to possibly be a little bit slighted at Ronda Rousey? Charlotte makes a couple of disparaging remarks, you know, and we're not supposed to, like, go against Ronda Rousey then? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, and, and, and I've said this before, Ronda Rousey has been training at develop at the developmental center for a very long time now, you know, not years, but she's been there for a while. The rumors of her coming into WWE didn't just happen two weeks ago. All of these women have been at the developmental center at the performance center. They've seen her work. They've seen a train. They've talked to her countless times. So it's not like they just woke up one day and be like, 
the fuck is she doing here? What the fuck is WWE doing? This is all to try to make it look like she's an outsider. It plants seeds for future storylines and this, this, and that. But you got to be so careful in this day and age because, you know, you, you say one thing and it catches fire amongst the wrestling public and boom you start a snowball effect against ronda rousey and if you notice yesterday and i mentioned this on the recap you know tonight you know wwe did some great editing when they were showing highlights from yesterday they immediately showed ronda rousey in the ring and she says like three words and then you immediately hear the crowd going ronda rousey but what you didn't see tonight was the three minutes before it where the crowd was actually pretty against her. And it was only the first couple of rows that were chanting Ronda Rousey. And a lot of them were UFC people and family and friends and this and that. You go watch the chants from yesterday yeah. of the fans chanting Ronda Rousey. Go just pay attention to the crowd as they pan it. The first couple of rows are doing it. Everybody else in the crowd has their hands on their ass. So yeah. they're not cheering at all. WWE has to be very careful with the way they proceed with her because every little thing is under a microscope right now. And, you know, the little things at Triple H, Triple H saved her yesterday. He got on the mic, you know, she didn't want no perch. She wanted to be treated like everyone else. So he's basically saving her, you know, to ba basically say, hey, she wants to be like everybody else. Let's respect her for that. But if she's not treated like everybody else, you can have every wise-ass on social media. It's going to be like, hey, what happened to her with no perks? Hey, what happened to her with this? What mm. You know, people are going to start thinking that it's a shoot. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, And Lana was pretty funny yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. I, I, wasn't there like a series finality, finale for King of Thrones or King of Queens yesterday or something? Was, <laughs> King of Queens. King wasn't of Queens there something yeah. yesterday? <laughs> There was King of Queens. Walking Dead came out. Walking Dead? Oh, maybe it was Walking Dead. Because Lana wrote this yesterday on social media, and people are fucking brain dead. <clears throat> they can't read between the lines. I mean, she writes it right after Elimination Chamber. You think, hey, maybe she's talking about Walking Dead. She writes this, and I quote, and I love the comment. She writes, I like to watch shows and sports that I can't predict every single thing. If I can predict every single thing that is going to happen in a TV series, stop watching. Please, for the love of God, shock me sometimes. Keep me on my toes. Give me some real drama in capital letters. <clears throat> now, do you think that she might have been talking about Elimination Chamber or do you think that she legitimately maybe been talking about what you walk in dead? I will say there was a lot of shows that really called Elimination Chamber point blank. There was a lot yeah. of shows that just everybody knew who was going to win this. Everybody had a real good fucking idea. So, yeah, it could have been Walking Dead or <clears throat> Elimination Chamber. I'm not sure. You know why I think it's Elimination Chamber? Because Lana is a very smart woman. Mm. And I think she would be I think she would be smart enough to say, you know, even if she, let's pretend for a moment she was talking about Walking Dead. I think when she was starting to type it on Twitter, I think she'd be smart enough to take a step back and say, you know, uh, the, the elimination chamber just ended. And maybe this wouldn't be the pristine time to say this because people might be thinking I'm talking about my employer and the predictability of elimination chamber. You know what I mean? So I kind of think that she would have been very careful not to tweet it at the time that she did. 
Mm. So I don't know. But, you know, that's what she wrote yesterday. And I actually, you know, as far as wrestling goes, <clears throat> I thought it was a great comment. Even though she may have ha- had nothing to do with wrestling. I don't know. That's true. So uh, very quickly, I want to shout out some of our associate producers. They are the ones that keep these shows free for everyone. They keep the bills paid, the lights on, and I can't thank them enough for their support, unwavering <clears throat> support. Brandon Goins, Carl Bruto, K. Cheese and Rice, Aaron Walker, Aaron Claus, Rich Diaz, Alton Ahia, Bespoken, Anthony Smith, Jaron Bartolome, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Julian LeBlanc, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban, Dan Hayes Valadez, and I think Lucia had a, she posted her wearing a couple of our shirts today, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Hayes Valadez, Billy Taylor, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Marcus Antonius, Jason Pratt, Toby Deshong, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Frank O'Shea, Ernesto Defenza, Spider Lewin, Adam Demoy, Anna, Steve Speniak, Merle Coombs Jr., Joe Bassey, Brian Byrne, Michael Cuomo, Douglas McKay, and Rob McKay. I want to thank everybody again for all of their support for what we do. And it's just humbling to repeat so many of those names for like a year and a half. I mean, they just are just, the support is just tremendous. And if you out there would like to check out our Patreon page as well, it is patreon.com slash Don Tony. I know this Thursday, Kev will be doing his solo show, Castle Chronicles. So if you sign up, you can get that episode. Plus, I think you did like 44 other episodes. There's like 100 episodes of Patreon. And and actually, uh, it's one year anniversary for... uh Dark Chronicles uh, next episode. Oh, that's cool. So next Tuesday, you'll get Dark Chronicles as well. And Uh next Wednesday, it'll be Mish and myself with Breakfast Soup. And uh, go check it out. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Also on YouTube, make sure you check out TV Tracks' channel. Rocked Reviews, a very unique podcast that I'm a big fan of, even though I hate half the music that they talk about. I think they hate it, too. DJ, well, they don't hate it. (laughs) <laughs> they don't hate it. They're, they're very creative and critical. I mean, Mish's original commercial says it all. You know, basically what they're saying is, how the fuck did this album get a million albums sold, you know? DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast. Again, congratulations, my friend, on the newborn. SubZeroComics.com for all your comic book and wrestling collectible needs. Crisis in the Toyverse is on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. They do a really good podcast as well. Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have a store on Amazon and on eBay. Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles is on eBay. They're under the name Wrestling Loot. And I got to give a special shout out to Dave in Jersey. I mentioned it two weeks ago. He came through. I got them today. I posted photos on Twitter. He sent me uh, an autographed photo of Eddie Guerrero, an autographed photo of Chris Benoit. They are verified, the PSA, DNA, whatever the fuck that, verification services. It's 100% legit, and I posted some photos on Twitter, so I want to thank him for sending those over and coming through with that. So it's pretty damn cool. Cool. Yeah. Also, Blake Michaels, special shout out to him. Very creative, up and coming artist. You can find him on SoundCloud and on Instagram under the name Blake Michaels 93. 
So uh, we'll we'll start wrapping this up soon. We got about 15 minutes left or so. Uh, the cause of death for Tom Zink's passing came out. It was heart disease caused by an enlarged heart, which people think is associated with previous steroid use. Yeah. Uh, Naomi is going to be featured in the upcoming issue of Sheen magazine. I never heard of it, but I looked at some of the photos earlier today. Uh, very classy. Nice. Very classy. What is it? Like, is it like a photo spread or something? Or? Yeah, it's like a little photo spread. They're talking about the glow. I mean, she's posing, you know, nothing skimpy, just a very classy interview with a couple of, uh, you know, photos attached to it. I thought it, I thought it was nice. Cool. Yeah. It's got um, a nice sheen to it, right? It's got a lot of sheen to it. <laughs> you know, they emphasize that glow. They emphasize the glow. She's come a long way. Because if you remember a couple of years ago, I was joking about her. You know, I get no crowd poppy. Yay, yay, yay. You know, she gets the crowd pop now. She actually really uh, turned it up about it. I would say about a year and a half ago. Yeah. No, she's doing okay. Yeah, she's doing pretty good. Um, interesting. Over the weekend, Jack Swagger debuted for Lucha Underground. Oh, did he? Really? Yeah, I'm very under curious. What, under what name? I don't know. They they just reported it as Jake Hager. But with oh, Lucha so Underground. His real, his real name, yeah. Yeah, right. who the fuck knows? Maybe he'll be a fucking, like, uh, a cop or, you know, they come up with some very creative characters on there. So I don't, I don't know. Would just a regular Jake Hager fit in with Lucha Underground? I don't know. He's probably a lot bigger than a lot of the guys there. Yeah. I mean, you kind of feel like he, they got to do like a skit where he's buying crack on a corner or something, you know, or he gets <laughs> or he gets his throat slashed or gets shot. Oh, I mean, God, geez. Well, that's what happens a lot of times with Lucha Underground. You see people getting murdered. You see an Can old come out with like a baby hands gimmick and he tries to wrestle with baby hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my. You know, I, I played this on This Week in Wrestling History. For those listening live, I'll play it right Actually, I'll I'll leave it up to the chat room what they want to hear first, the history show or the recap from last night's Elimination Chamber. But I played it uh, as part of the episode. This is the anniversary this week of uh, just the total brutal treatment that WWE treated the uh, Zeb Coulter, Jack Swagger storyline. For people that may not remember or just have totally forgotten about it, you know, they had Zeb Coulter debut for WWE as Jack Swagger's manager, and he was cutting promos about illegal Im- aliens and immigrants, you know, crossing our borders, stealing our jobs, you know, basically to spoof the Tea Party. And Glenn Beck and Fox News called out WWE within a week of the promo starting. So what does WWE do? Not only do they go to the Hollywood Reporter and elsewhere saying that this is just entertainment, they actually filmed Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter, you know, saying their real names and saying that this is all storyline and we're just portraying characters and everything we do is scripted. And it just totally killed the suspension of disbelief. And the gimmick had just started. I remember. Yeah. So I played the entire promo because WWE has edited the promo. You know, you don't get the whole promo. Have they really? Yeah, they edited uh, quite a bit of it, you know, as far as their statement when they challenged Glenn Beck and everything. Right. Um, But I played it in its entirety. If you actually look at the WWE version of it, it is quite edited. So, yeah, that was just horrendous. To me, one of the dumbest decisions WWE has done in the last 15, 20 years. Indeed. Easily. Yeah. Um. 
let's see what else. Uh, congratulations to Maria and Mike Canellis. Um, very emotional for them, which I'm really happy for them. You know, Mike Canellis wrote on social media over the weekend that, you know, it was only six years ago that uh, him and Maria were like very downtrodden and Maria Canellis was crying that they didn't even have food to buy pizza and they were moving into their first ever home this week. So they actually bought a house and they were moving in uh, this week. So congratulations to the two of them. Oh, really? That was, things were that bad for them a year ago? Yeah, he wrote a very, very emotional thing that six years ago, uh, Maria Canellis was so downtrodden that they didn't, they didn't even have money to buy pizza. Oh, God. You know, I mean, me, I would have been like, collect some fucking cans and then go right. Well, I mean, even, even the Ninja Turtles gave a piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to. You know, it's a movie, right, Kev? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tommy Dreamer is also supposed to appear for Lucha Underground. Is he? Yeah. A few people were pointing it out to me. Yeah. He's going to appear for Lucha Underground. Something tells me you're going to see House of Hardcore do a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't want to say storyline swapping, but I think you're going to see some Lucha Underground influence on House of Hardcore. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, anything else you guys want to cover before we call in a night? You just want to shit on these websites for uh, clickbaiting the stuff with Carrie Sane or Bray Wyatt with the, the you know, the, the child support stuff or you want to, we'll just leave it alone. I will say that that was a little weird. Cause you know what, when I heard the Carrie Sane stuff, um, I thought it was the entire crowd. That's <laughs> the way the news sites really reported. Like everybody in Florida was calling her a gook. And I'm like, what? What the fuck happened? I know. Jesus. I was so confused because, I, I mean, know. even – dude, I totally fell into the trap. Seriously. Yeah. Not, me and me and Joey talked about it. I think even me and John talked about yeah, it. Yeah, John fell for it too. Yeah, he did. Dude, I, I totally fell for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's like all these people just shouting horrible racial <laughs> obscenities at her. Happy like, ending. Yeah. Happy ending. Nagasaki. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? What was the lyrics okay. to me so uh, horny? Oh my what God. was the lyrics to me so horny? I just remember that the chorus, me so horny. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you can have anything you want. Oh, anything? Anything. Can you, <laughs> can you imagine in this day and age people chanting happy ending at a for people that don't know what, what's going on, look, I don't blame Mish or John or anyone else reporting it at the time. Because at the time, the only reports were from a bunch of websites. But later on, as more reports came in, and we had three of our listeners who live in Florida that were at this NXT event, and two of the three did not know each other. They basically started filling in some of the blanks that nobody else reported, and it pissed me off. Because once things got updated, if you notice, none yeah. of these fucking Matarats websites out there clarified or gave updates on the story. So no. for people that don't know the deal, this is basically what happened. NXT had an event in Florida over the weekend in St. Petersburg, Florida. There were a total of two, two wrestling fans that, I don't even know if you call them wrestling fans, there were two assholes in the right. crowd that started chanting, saying stupid shit to Carrie Sane, saying right. Pearl Harbor, happy ending, and a few other things. But people reported that it was a group of fans, and it was only two people. 
All right, it's still fucked up when there's two people, but as I said earlier, and, and you guys have said it also, if you had a dollar for every time you went to a fucking wrestling show that there wasn't one or two drunk fucks in the crowd saying dumb shit, you know, saying derogatory shit to women and others just to try to get attention, I mean, this happens all the time. And what sucked was that they never reported that when these two people were chant yelling these things out, other fans in the crowd were telling them, shut the fuck up, shut up. In fact, a couple of people threatened to beat the shit out of the other guys and security came over and told them, you know, quiet, enough of that shit. So the crowd immediately shot these two people down. But if you read it online, it was a, a group of fans or a small group of fans were verbally harassing Carrie Sane. It was <laughs> thousands two, of people. Jim. It was two <laughs> fucking assholes opening their mouth. They got immediately shot down from the crowd. Nobody was going for it. But if you read it online, holy shit, what a terrible thing to do. And yes, it's fucking terrible and it's not acceptable in any fashion. But Jesus Christ, if you're going to clickbait it like that, you might as well write it about every fucking wrestling event going forward because there's always an asshole in the crowd making fun of a woman, making fun of a gay gimmick, making fun of, of a minority. You know, there's always shit being said. You know, it's fucking wrestling. There are assholes in the crowd that try to stir it up. I still remember. I still remember. God, strike me dead if I'm lying. I don't know if Vampire will ever um, remember it. But if anybody out there watches the first ever, this is growing up Don Tony I never mentioned before, the first ever show that MLW did at the former ECW arena, I went, Mad Zombie, Brian Damage, and I think it was Timmy Arson. Us four went, and we sat second row, and we were in Philly for the event. And when v Vampiro came out for his match, you had Mad Zombie chanting out, and you could hear it on the video, Perka set, Perka set, Vika Din, Oxy Cotton, Oxy Cotton. He was chanting his stuff to Vampiro, and at one point, Vampiro looked up to him and gave him like a, you know, like kind of like, shut the fuck up. You know, and, and, but it was like, it was joking, but Vampiro was like, all right, it's funny. All right, now that's enough. And I'm not going to say why it was <clears throat> said, but if you right. go watch the foot, you'll hear it. All right. And at that mm -hmm. time, nobody fucking told Mad Zombie or anyone else, shut the fuck up. What are you saying? This and that. It happens all the goddamn time on these events. Yeah, it's heckling. It happens in com comedy clubs. I imagine, uh, Kev, you've probably seen some people out in the audience heckle a band or two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm laughing at this guy, Tony Macaroni, in the chat room, who's desperately trying to get my attention all night long, you know, and he's writing that this is boring. Do you want me to lie? And do you want me to say that the whole crowd fucking started calling Carrie Sane a slut or something like that? We're reporting it like it is. I'm sorry if it's not, you know, that interesting to you. But, you know, maybe if you listen to another podcast, you might get a little bit, you know, go check out a clickbait podcast. There's so many try, of them uh, out there. Try wrestling soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but notice I don't block them, abandon because, you know, I could look, I could have fun with people in the chat. I'm an asshole sometimes. And people can be just as much assholes as well. I just figure, you know, if you're going to be an asshole towards me, at least do it in a way that amuses me and makes me laugh. You know, yeah. some people just sometimes go just way over the top and it's just, it's not acceptable. Mm. So, and, um, 
that's also shit on the websites that we're talking about the Bray Wyatt stuff. Oh um, yeah, what is, what is, what? he's buying JoJo ponies, but not giving his kids <laughs> not giving his kids food to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, DT reminds me of DT. Remember that uh, honeymooners episode? A, a string of palapodies full of ponies. <laughs> oh man, he's buying JoJo ponies, but not giving his wife food for the kids. Oh my god. Well, did you Jesus hear the amount? The amount is kind of crazy too. 14,000 a month she's supposed a to get. A month. Yeah, 14 grand a month. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want me to tell you guys Her kids eat a lot. You want oh. me to tell you guys like the story is the truth as far as what's going around right now? Well, again. I mean, I mean, you know, cuz here's the deal, all right? And nobody's going to read this anywhere else. But here's where you got to take a step back for a minute, okay? There's a website called the Daily Mail, okay? The Daily Mail is the website that originally reported the story that Bray Wyatt was going to go through a divorce last year, all right? The thing is, is that last year, all of these court documents were floating around talking about the divorce proceedings, this, this, and that, because I still have my copy, you know, as far as uh, Bray Wyatt's estranged wife suing WWE right now, trying to subpoena records, tax statements, credit card statements, real estate, you know. So, I mean, not everything WWE has, but there's a lot of things going going on right now. And the thing is, is that this website last year posted all of these documents to Senat. So this time around, you know, there's updates in the court. You know, they were right. back in court. The wife is claiming that Bray Wyatt is not given uh, the, the amount that he's supposed to for child support, this and that. But the funny thing is, is that this time around, no court documents are have been provided. Nothing has surfaced. What, it, what this is all based on is the lawyer for Bray Wyatt's estranged wife talking to that website and telling them that he's supposed to pay this amount of money and he's only paying this and he's buying JoJo fucking ceramic horses and he's going to strip clubs and he's going to restaurants and he's spending $146 here and $20 there and every fucking website is writing all of this crazy shit and it's like when we were kids when we used to play telephone. I don't know yeah. if, if you if you played him when you were young, but I, I don't oh, know. Yeah, if I, yeah, I did. I'm yeah. sure younger people out there, there would be no reason for them to play because they really don't use telephones, you know, like we did when we were kids. Right. What telephone was is we would be in school, and, and when I went to school at the time, I think there was like 30, 35 kids in my class. Right. The first kid on the first row would whisper something in the, the, the kid next to them's ear. And then that person would whisper it in the next person's ear. And it would keep going until it got to the 35th kid in the class. And what they would do is the first kid would reveal what he was originally told by the teacher. And then the 35th kid at the very end would reveal what he was told by the next to last person. And what would end up happening is what the first kid said and what the last kid said was almost completely different. So as it yeah. keeps going around, people are changing things, adding things, and that's what's going on with this story. Nobody bothered to pull records. Nobody saw documents. You know, all this crazy stuff. Do I think Bray Wyatt has spent money on restaurants and strip clubs and bought t- trinkets and stuff for JoJo? Yeah, probably. But for everybody out there that's fucking writing it like his kids don't have enough money for food and they can't eat and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> 
Well, it was the lawyer that originally said all this stuff, right? Right. It was the lawyer, but people but, are not. Lawyer, lawyers don't lie. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, people are just reporting it as fact. And it, it was just, it was sad to see because nobody is bothering to pull documents or pull sources and try to verify. This is the lawyer representing the estranged wife of Bray Wyatt. So, of course, this guy's going to make Bray Wyatt to come to, to look like the biggest fucking asshole alive. He's trying to win his well, can people Can people actually get those records, though? I mean, if there are legal documentation and these proceedings are still happening, I don't think you can reveal those. Sure to you the can. Sure you yeah. can. Absolutely. Can uh, not only do I have some of the records, I have the ones from last year, but I got a lot of other crazy documents that I always want to read publicly, but I'm afraid, you know, ever since the Perry Saturn the fiasco, <laughs> people, people have no idea what happened with that. I thought I was, un I thought I was great. I thought I was uncovering a story of the fucking decade. And then when I start getting emails from his ex-wife, hey, if you know what Perry Saturn is, you better let me know because I, you know, I, I'm suing him for this and my lawyer oh my and cops want to arrest him. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just wanted to break his story here. And then uh, <laughs> and people hated me for that. Oh, my uh, God. That was a, such a sad story. But. All I'm saying, everybody out there, is is that all of these websites that are writing about the Bray Wyatt stuff, they're all just cutting and pasting, and people are exaggerating. And now Bray Wyatt is is kids. Kids don't even have enough money for pizza. You know, no, they, they said they said that JoJo was going to five star restaurants, and his kids couldn't get a lean pocket. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's ridiculous. That's she's she was getting like six thousand dollars a month for child support. <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? They actually showed. What? They actually showed. A, <laughs> they showed a picture of the kids in the Ebenezer Scrooge movie and said, "You know what's sad too? You know what's sad too? That website. That website has a photo posted of Bray Wyatt with his sister, and last year, earlier this year, and last week." People have been telling them over and over and over again that is not, not his right. wife, that is his sister. And they're posting photos of him with random women, but because they have brown hair and they're not black like JoJo, they, this website is calling them Bray Wyatt's a strange wife. Two of the photos, it's not even his wife. They just, like I said, it, it reminds me of this asshole. That this Johnny Bravo guy that's trying to pin Roman Reigns with the steroid stuff, this fucking reject, this this guy is like the Deborah Marshall of fucking YouTube. You remember when Deborah, you know, started this campaign and she got this fucking crazy mark to go all over the the internet and radio shows saying that there was this big campaign to bring Deborah to TNA wrestling. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was doing, they were doing all these nationwide interviews. I can't, I can't, his name, oh man, it's escaping me. Somebody out there has to remember this guy's name. <clears throat> but this guy was doing all these interviews with Deborah because everybody wanted to see her in TNA. And it was just bullshit. This guy is so obsessed with trying to be like a, a director and a YouTuber. They've been trying to portray that Roman Reigns bought steroids from this guy no. is in jail. 
And so did Marky Mark and Mark Wahlberg and some others and stuff like that. And this guy claims he's got the laptop. They show him with a picture of the laptop. And he's always wearing like a half-cut T-shirt. And he looks disheveled. But that's the style that he's supposed to look like, you know, he's a spying producer. And he's saying, I got the proof. I got the computer. I got this. And I'm going to expose Roman Reigns and this and that. So... I think this guy's full of shit. His, the guy that he's interviewing is in jail, and he lied to get out of jail. So what is this Matarats write last week? He writes, and I want people, for everybody out there that has read this story about Roman Reigns and, you know, the, 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 the scandal's about to be broken, and Roman Reigns is going to get suspended for 60 days, and WWE's pushing a steroid abuser, and they're ignoring this story, and this is an ad. This Matarats writes this, and I quote, this is word for word. I want everybody with a half a brain out there to just take a step back and listen carefully of what I'm saying right now. This Matarats, Johnny Bravo, says, and I quote, The orders of the Reigns case, along with other high-profile clients, were placed with WFN using very creative was it? A lot, alias, what was that? Uh, alias? Aliases, yes, aliases. He's got it misspelled over here. There are tens of thousands of orders that I am carefully going through in order to report the most accurate information possible based on the information given to me by Rodriguez. Okay? So, so far, I don't have any problem with what he's saying. So mm-hmm. I, go, I go on. I have been noticing some misinformation with various media outlets on some of the news that is currently being reported. I am trying to be very careful to be as accurate as possible due to the sensitive nature of the case and clients involved, so I urge patience until the report is complete. Everyone, remember, I am validating the information that was given to me on the Rodriguez case by the statements he made on my platform, and these are not my views or opinions on the subject matter. So basically what he's saying to everybody right now is, everyone, look, I'm still going through everything. Once I verify it and I get everything complete, then I will give it to everybody. Okay, that's pretty much what he said there. I don't think there's any dispute of that. So my reaction to that, all that is, what the fuck are you doing all these YouTube clips and your fucking wife beat a shirt, fucking looking all disheveled on a speakerphone with this fucking jailbird making all these accusations if you don't even know if they're true yet? Jesus. You fucking retard. What a fucking idiot, Johnny Bravo. Bravo, fucking read. I and I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns. You know the the wrestling fan inside of me. The wrestling fan inside of me wants the story to reveal that he bought a thousand pounds of steroids. You know, mm-hmm. but seriously, I mean, it, the, this this idiot is fucking reporting all he posting all these YouTube videos on a speakerphone. Roman Reigns did this. He used this alias, and he bought this, and he did that, and he threatened. But meanwhile, now you come out after all of this and say. I'm still reviewing everything and I don't, and I'm doing this based on this interview. Shut the fuck up. Get all your facts straight before you open your fucking mouth. You yeah. disheveled fucking wannabe YouTube reject. <laughs> this, is why, this just in, there's more news on Bray Wyatt says that he spent uh, $20,000 on lingerie <laughs> for Jojo at uh, Fredericks of Hollywood. Meanwhile, his kids are wearing the same underwear for three weeks. <laughs> oh my God. 
That's funny. Bray, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, man. His wife is getting like $6,000 in fucking alimony. That's not enough? God damn it. Look, I look. She's they, they split a Snickers bar for Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, man. You know what they do? They go to the WWE events, and after everybody leaves, they go in the garbage and eat the half-eaten pretzels and and, and the pieces, that you know, the edges of the knish that are so hard you could break a window, you know, the square knishes. They pull everything out of the garbage pail. Oh, my God. $6,000. Oh my God! Wasn't that a Jesus. quote with Al Pacino? Six thousand dollars. <laughs> no, it was ten thousand dollars. I think no, I think it was. Oh, oh it might have been seven. God. Seven thousand dollars. Oh my God! So basically, what you're saying, DT, is don't believe everything you read. You know, look, last year there was all these court documents. Now there's nothing. It's all it yeah. is is the and look, a lot of this may actually be true. But you just got to remember, if you're going to write that, also report that this is all coming out of the mouth of the attorney for the estranged wife. Of course, he's going to make Bray Wyatt look like this biggest creep fuck that is blowing all this money on JoJo and is giving his kids gots. You know, so it's just... Again, it's just like the Carrie Sane thing. in, In all my years of being on the internet, I mean, there's always been bullshit with wrestling websites. Hey, you know, did Booker T show up at SmackDown today? And then you click on it. No, he's not even on a SmackDown roster. This was back in the day. I mean, people would fool people into clicking websites, you know, to try to get hits and try to get ad revenue. But I've never seen the bullshit that I see now. And, you know, Mish and I talked about this recently on Breakfast Soup. It's it's obvious because there's so many podcasts there are so many websites. There's so many people writing the same fucking thing. And people are trying to quit their jobs. They're trying to fucking not work. And they think that, hey, I can do a podcast. And hey, that'll pay my rent. You know, and then you realize that all you are is a fuck wearing a suit with a backdrop behind you that anybody could fucking do. And you realize, hey, I'm only getting $17. What am I going to do with this? Well, I got an idea. I'll say that a whole bunch of people fucking did the cigar sign. You know, you know, Matt Hardy's really doing the Nazi symbol. And this is that. Come on, please. All right. So, see, now, right off the bat, I don't put this is not Bray Wyatt's kids. This is a picture from the movie Bedrooms and Broomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. This is not that. Because <laughs> look in defense of look at the, the, the I was going to say my God look at the conditions these kids <laughs> look in, in defense of Bray Wyatt's estranged wife if if my ex uh, cheated on me and yeah. hurt me and my family and turned out to Pu- be a publicly, creep in a public way pu- too yeah you know I of course I I would want to get as much as I can yeah. from him. And I would be pissed off as an estranged spouse to see that my soon-to-be ex is blowing all of this money on the person that stole him away from me. So yeah. I I don't fault this woman. All I'm saying is, is that just keep in perspective who is the person throwing these accusations out there. And, of course, the lawyer is going to make it sound very, very one-sided. You know, look what this guy's doing, and he's buying all this crazy shit. And my, and my client's supposed to get $14,000 in child support and alimony, and she's only getting six. DT, by the way, if she's getting 14000 a month in a year, uh, Bray Wyatt's making big bucks, right? 
I don't know. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, don't they base that based on his yearly income? Well, it could also be as far as what they own prior. I mean, I know that they bought a house a couple of years before. You go on uh, the court websites for Florida. I mean, all of this is public information. You could actually see a lot of the transactions they did as a couple. And it's really not an invasion of privacy. It's actually kind of scary what you can actually pull online. You know, in New York, there's something called an ACRIS search, A-C-R-I-S. And when I do tax rebates, I fill out forms for my customers to help them get the star and the tax rebates in New York. I go on the ACRIS website and I pull the original deed. I pull the original you know, transaction when they bought the houses, you know, and you go on there, you find signatures. Once in a while, you find a social security number and you're like, holy shit, anybody could fucking go on this website and pull this information. It's scary sometimes. I show like my elderly customers who don't go on the internet and I say, hey, is that your your signature? And it's a document from like 1971. And they're like, where the fuck did you get this? And I'm like, oh, everything's on there. Look, here's your wife's signature. My wife's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> hey, where'd you get that picture of me and Armada <laughs> It's scary some of the information you could pull that's public knowledge. Oh, my so, God. Like, there's you, there's my wife, and what's with the midget? <laughs> <laughs> with the baby hands. <laughs> Oh man! Jesus so, Christ. so look, you know, it, it's. I feel bad for Bray Wyatt. I feel bad for the kids. I mean, who wants to see their mom and dad split up? I mean, you know, thank God last week was my parents' fiftieth wedding oh, anniversary. God. You know, they're still together, and you know, God bless them. Uh, but you know, Bray Wyatt's kids. You know, you got to feel bad for them. Their mom and dad are splitting up, but. You know, this portrayal of hardship, you know, no, I'm forced to buy a 2012 Mercedes instead of a 2018. That's a little bit of excess. And it's, and it's all generated by the attorneys. Yeah. yeah. And this Raymond Raful, this attorney, nah. he's... Didn't you deal with him before, too? Yes. He was the lawyer in the John Cena divorce case also. He's oh, that's been, right. Yeah, he's lawyer. a divorce lawyer that has represented... Wives of, of wrestlers. wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. So he's the guy to go to if you're Did, in a strange Didn't she spouse. represent one of Flair's wives too, I think? I think Might so. Have, maybe, possibly. Right? I think so. I think mm. so. Raymond Raful. I, I remember yeah, yeah. many years I, yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Raful. Yeah. I, I you guys should get him on. I bet you he'd be an interesting <laughs> Oh, fuck out of here. <laughs> when I remember when I first heard the name, I, I when I saw his interview, I expected to hear like my client wished to not to talk about this case, you know, because of the name. But it's nothing, nothing like that at all. Raymond oh Raful, Raful. Oh, so flashback to old DTKC show. So sure, yeah. You know, I don't want anybody out there, eh, he's making fun of Indians. No, I'm recapping how we I originally reported the scene of divorce. So. That's right. It's not an offense. You know, it's funny. This these fucking people in the chat room talking about me with offensive stereotyping, but yet these same motherfuckers were making fun of me about pizza and Italian food and brigitte earlier in the night. Selective oh, racism, you motherfuckers. <laughs> but thank you for the support. So right. no, but seriously, I I appreciate everybody listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I mean, I. 
I, I think if you listen on a regular basis, you know, I'm an equal opportunity. I make fun of myself. I make fun of Italians. Also, I criticize everybody. You know, I don't do it in hate. I don't wish, you know, bad on anybody out there. And, you know, one nationality or one race is not more powerful than another. You know, we're one happy, big, gooey family. And, you know, it's just poking fun. I know. And, and obviously, I'm not making fun of Ray White's kids. I'm making fun of the exaggeration of the situation. Yeah, the exaggeration, making it sound like they're disheveled. And, oh, my yeah. God, you know, now they can only afford 18 pairs right. of no, shoes no, 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 of one's out on the, no one's out on the street with a 10 cup here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so some podcasters up, <laughs> <laughs> but this clickbait man. It's when I saw the Carrie Sane thing, I got angry. I really did because you're giving so much attention because of two fucks. Simply because number one, you want to get hits, and number two, you want to profess your absolute hatred towards racism. So you try to come off as a white knight. You know, it, like, you know what I mean? Like a, a knight in shining armor. Like, hey, how dare you talk about that? But me, at the end of the day, you're just looking at your fucking stats to see uh, how many people clicked on what I had to say today. You know, and then you, Kev, had, you know, the uh, couple of incidents online where people were trying to rip you, you know, mm -hmm. people. And I left because, you know, I, I use the phrase sometimes, you know, this is Twitter. This is not, um, what's that? Tinder. Tinder, yeah. You know, yeah. you should remind these fucks when they go after you, like, to say, hey, dude, you know, this is Twitter, not Tinder. They actually think they, they're going to get laid from some of these divas because they're defending them or something like that. You criticize someone and they go to the aid thinking that they're going to get a blowjob later on. Well, it happened with Rosemary, with my brother left a comment saying that you'd be a lot better off going to WWE Impact as a mess. And some white knight came in on a white horse and totally started my brother. Then claimed my brother threatened him and he had to block my brother. So I basically took it over at that point yeah. uh, because my brother was blocked out. And then he uh, posted something that we thought was trying to make peace with us. But what he was doing was showing all of our fans, the Kevin Castle Draper fans who attacked him and wrote like this heinous shit on him coming to our defense. And, and basically what I told him is, you know, as DT said, we're kind of a family and we have each other's back. You shouldn't have butted in in the first place. It was my brother and Rosemary actually responded to my brother. And this guy interfered in the chat between the two of them. But mind, mind your fucking business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people handled things differently. I mean, you weren't saying it in malice to Rosemary. No, and Rosemary wrote back in like kind of kayfabe, but she actually retweeted what my brother wrote and had fun with it. And the white knight had to come in and put my brother on blast. And it was none of his business whatsoever. Yeah. Not none of it. Right. It's ridiculous. It was, it, was, it was between the two of them. It wasn't any of my business either. That's what I mean. It was ridiculous. I, I'll never forget when Twitter first started getting really popular. I remember Mish telling me over and over again, beware of the tweet fuckers. And man, do they come out in droves sometimes. I mean, they, they actually, you know, think that they're tweet fucking. And this, this white knight going after your brother and going after you. I don't know what he expected. He either expected Rosemary to heart his comment or maybe yeah. which which she didn't, by the way, she did. Yeah, I mean, it's just called him up and, you know, giving him some phone sex. And she said she, she has a she has a number for heroes. <laughs> she gives. Look, everybody has a right to their opinion. I say it all the time. I'll respect your opinion if it's different than mine. Just respect but, mine back. Right. But don't make like he was making like he's speaking for Rosemary and he's just right. a fan like we are. She replied to my brother. He wrote back. It was done. Yeah. He didn't need to come in there and put my brother on blast that there was nothing that involved him whatsoever 
So that's why, of course, I came to this. And then it got out of hand. And honestly, some fans of Wrestling Soup and Draper then went after him. Not My brother didn't call on the troops to do anything. They were just like, fuck this guy. You know, let's teach him a lesson. And then he got all, like, butthurt and saying, oh, bullying, blah, blah, blah. And it died down and whatever. But like I said, it all was someone running interference in something he had no business involved at all. Yeah, and I want to make this clear. It does not bother me when people block me on Twitter. All right, and I don't also consider it a badge of honor. It all, the only time I consider it a badge of honor is when Rosie O'Donnell blocked me yeah. and some of the real hardcore left because you can't even reason with them. But I, I want people to understand something. The thing that bothers me when people do block is just the absolute sensitivity that so many wrestlers these days have that how dare you say that I don't deserve a push or I should, or I'm not that good in the ring. I mean, because I say that Brandy Rhodes is still green and I don't think she's ready for TV that, you, you know, look, okay. You, you don't like that. Somebody criticize your, your wife, your fiance, but to turn around and start blocking people simply because you don't agree or don't. I just, I, I just, it just, it, it overshadows the current society that so many people are so triggered, so sensitive. And the funny thing is, is that usually the people saying to others that they're triggered are the ones who are triggered. Just like there are people out there who usually call the race card on others. They're the ones that are thinking about color more than anything else. I criticized some wrestlers that time. Other people have color on the brain. I'm thinking of the person themselves, not even thinking in a Like earlier tonight, I wrote online. I said, you know, every time I see this commercial for the USA Network for this documentary or this, this movie on Biggie Smalls and Tupac, I fucking laugh every time I hear that detective on the, on the coming attraction saying they were just kids. I'm like, motherfucker. Uh, they were in their mid-20s, and they were affiliated with gangs. They shouldn't have died because of it. But, you know, this trying to rewrite history and humanize them, they were just kids. And right away, people are fucking throwing the race card towards me. And I'm like, dude, oh. it has nothing to do with black or white or anything like that. When you're in your mid-20s, and you're affiliated with gangs, and both of them end up getting shot under really suspicious terms, you know, yeah. what if a white person did this? or what? You're just trying to fucking get attention. Like I wrote earlier, if USA Network or anyone else wants to impress me, do a documentary on DJ Scott LaRock and fucking document that. And let's see if people out there even know who the fuck that is. Go <clears> look <throat> at his circumstances. But it's not sexy enough to talk about, so you won't <clears throat> see anybody put attention to that. But DJ Scott Scott LaRock was a big-time story back then in the 80s when he got shot and killed. And, you know, the, the rest, you go search yourselves. But, man, just because I fucking, you know, criticize... The, 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 you listen to the music in the background as you do it. I'm only human. I make mistakes. I'm only human. I make mistakes. And then you hear, oh, what if it was a white person that shot Tupac? Or, they're just kids. Soon they're going to be fucking church choir people that were just in after school activities and they were walking down the street and some fucking Trump supporter mowed them down. You know, I just, I, like I said, there's just people are way too goddamn sensitive these days. And with that shooting in Florida, I wrote, talked yeah. about on blah, blah, blah. I know we're getting off topic and we know we're done, but man, I can't fucking believe that nobody out there can just realize that the difference between the, the, the excessive amount of school shootings from the mid-90s on 
in my opinion, is because of social media. We didn't have the internet and social media before the before the 90s. So now you do a school shooting, you're you're living in infamy online. You know, you go on fucking Twitter and Facebook and everybody rejects you and they call you an outcast and a fuck. You know, 20 years ago, the only people who would make fun of you were the people down the block, the people in your school, the people in the cafeteria. Now you go online and you say something, you could either have a million people liking what you're saying, you could have a million people going after you. You don't think people get addicted to the attention? So all this crazy shit going on, a lot of it has to do with social media. Not one fucking person on, on, on TV ever talks about the fact that maybe this excessive violence has to do with social media and the insistence on being accepted and infamy and this is and that. Okay. I'm sorry for getting a little passionate with that. No, it's And yes, I will admit, ravishing Dick Rude in the chat, I did power talk just now for a few moments. Oh, God. But, you know. (laughs) I hate that phrase, too. You're power talking. We're passionate on what we do, man. You know? Right. It's it is what it is, but uh, I'll give you guys the floor. If there's anything you want to cover before we call it a night, uh, no, I'm I'm kind of uh, cool with everything. I mean, elimination chamber's done. We're now officially on the road to fast lane, and then uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania. We're we're we're, the, we're really close. Are we doing a Are we doing a joint show again this year? Is that what we're doing? I'd like cool. to if you if yeah. you guys are in the mood. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Are you okay with that, Kev? Yeah, I'm great with that. All right. I wasn't sure if you wanted to host with me again. I know. <laughs> no, of course. I, great. Great. I thought you would direct that my way after tonight. <laughs> no, no, I. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll have fun with that. But, um, you know, I want to thank both of you for uh, putting up with my shit tonight. You oh. know, it was a little, it was a little odd evening. I mean, I got a little uh, out there with a few couple of topics, but you know what it is. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Mitch will tell you, and Kev will tell you also. I wrote earlier today that I was so tired this week, and I'm so spent. I had just the last two weeks had just been so freaking overwhelming between work, bird sitting, relationship, shows. You know, just uh, the podcast, personal life, taxes, bills. You know, doctor's appointments, you know, just one after the other. I was so spent this weekend. And last night I was up until 3 o'clock in the morning putting up the the, the outcome for the predictions contest because there was over 100 people that participated. Wow. But I, once I started, I was like overtired. I'm like, let me just finish it and get it over with. And then here I am at 2 o'clock in the morning saying to my girlfriend, look at this, this guy won by one second. She's like, let me go back to sleep, you fuck. <laughs> she got mad yesterday. Yeah, Joey didn't do the show last night. No, oh, he didn't. He was uh, he's sick. He's got Fifth's disease. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What the hell is that? Kind of, it's, it's like a he broke out in a real bad breath. It's like a measles or a mumps or something oh, like God. that. Yeah. Oh man. So he's dealing with that, and I guess it's starting to go away. But it's one of those things that either lasts a couple of days or it could last, you know, a month. Man, what is it called? Oh. Fits? Fifths. Fifths. Like fourths, fifths. Yeah. yeah. F- for the for the minorities out there, we're not talking about beer. So, you know. No. <laughs> or what was it? Little pints of alcohol? Was that what it was called? Fifths? Uh, yeah, like a fifth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Well, when I was younger, it was 40. I'm going to go get an old English 40. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's, I talked to him a little bit today. He sounds a lot better. But uh, that first day, man, he had Cro-Magnum head. It was pretty wild. <laughs> oh, man, he should have took pictures but, yeah. and posted online. 
No. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not fun. I mean, shout out to Joey. I hope you're feeling better. I yeah, mean, I feel better, Joe. Yeah. yeah it was sure. a cool photo. I saw a po- picture he posted the other day of him with James Ellsworth. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that Joey Numbers is a wrestling referee. Oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of people don't know that, right? No. no. And he's a pretty damn good one. I've watched a couple of matches in referee, and I'm like, he actually knows his shit out there. Oh, yeah. No, he's very entertaining. He's yeah. hilarious. Sometimes. He is. He's pretty damn good. I mean, you know, some people, they just fill roles that, they, hey, if you sell 30 tickets, I'll let you referee a match. No, fucking Joey actually knows what he's doing. So good, good yeah. for him. Good for him. Nice. I'm happy for him. Ellsworth and uh, BTW. Uh, me and him were talking about it the last time he was on, which was on Thursday and stuff like that. But uh, Ellsworth and uh, BTW Pro, his promotion, uh, they're going to have Mark Henry on there. Mark oh, Henry, cool. Emma, and Mick Foley. Okay. All right. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I like Mark Henry. I Did you see the recent comments? We talked about it last week that uh, he thinks Hogan should apologize. You know, I got a kick out of this. You got If you want to see something ridiculous, go on YouTube. Search our show from last week and Mark Henry wanting Hulk Hogan to apologize. There were so many people that ripped us apart because we used the term African-American and not black. You know, why the fuck people keep using the term African-American? It's why can't you just call people black? And I'm like, did you even fucking watch the TMZ clip? Mark Henry used the term African-American also. And I think he has the right to say it above us. I mean, you got black people using the term African-American and people are triggered by that. They're like, why are you calling it African-American? You should be calling people black. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really weird, man. I mean, we just, you know what? I remember in the middle of Raw tonight, we just had a, a video package um, from somebody running for governor or whatever, pretty much what it started off with was this little old man talking about how his wife was run over by an illegal immigrant and his whole voting platform is, is vote for this governor because he doesn't, he's got a hard stance against illegal immigrants. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is what fucking Illinois, Chicago's come to now. (laughs) It's brutal. We've got uh, one Republican guy, um, for I think Congress here in Illinois, that uh, is the head of the Nazi American Party, and he's the only one running uncontested for the Republican side for Illinois. That's insane. He's a Holocaust denier. Doesn't believe that uh, World War II even happened. And uh, yeah, it's it's messed. I'm like, how in the fuck do these people even get in? How is this even like a, a, a possibility? But yeah, this is Illinois is kind of fucked up right now. Wow, yeah, That's a shame. Well, well, at least you got CM Punk and UFC coming up. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'm serious. And you know what? The Chicago Cubs might get the All Star game. I think in 2020. Right. So right. Yeah, there's a couple of good things about Chicago. The pizza's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Giordano's is that the name of it? Giordano's. Yeah. Oh my God, is that good pizza? Holy shit. Yeah. So. Gino's Gino's is the one I usually that I got for you. Oh, and by the way, his name is Arthur Jones. Oh, okay. For people that are wondering who the fuck I'm talking about, look him up. Arthur Jones. Okay. He's uh he's running for Congress here here in Illinois. Sick, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, guys, I know it's later. I know I told Mish uh oh, hour to an hour and fifteen minutes. We ended up going two hours and fifteen minutes. 
longer than expected, but I I, I want to thank you as always. And Kev, thank you for putting up with my bullshit. No, it's fun. It was a good fun show. I know, but it was still. I, <laughs> I, I, I still. I, but I get. I still get guilty. Show, I know. I still get guilty. I mean, I I know I overtake sometimes, but. Uh, I want to remind everyone uh, this Thursday, Kevin Castle, no power talking from me because it is 100% Kevin Castle unfiltered and uh, solo show. Also Thursday is wrestling soup with Mish, Joey numbers and possibly John Draper. And uh, again, everyone don't forget, you know, we're not the only ones with a patron wrestling soup as a patron as well. You know, I, I tell people privately on our page, you know, some people like, Hey man, you know, I, I got to decide between the two. I'm like, look, just, you could split it in half. You know, we could share, share it on both sides. So everyone out there, I mean, support wrestling soups, Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash wrestling soup. You know, John do, does global balding over there, which is a very interesting show. Uh, he's got a nice little niche there and uh, a lot of different stuff for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. pretty much. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later this week. All right, guys. I'll talk to everybody Thursday. Thanks, Mr. Be well. All right, everyone. Check this out. For those listening on the download, you will now get last night's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view recap. It runs about 45 minutes. Believe me, I tell you, I think you're going to want to hear it because I got into some very explicit comments. It was not just a pay-per-view recap. I think people will uh, appreciate and enjoy what I had to say. Some people might disagree with some of my comments, but 24 hours later, I don't take back anything that I said from yesterday. So enjoy that, and we'll catch you all again next week. Be well. Take care. You know, there's so many important ingredients that make pro wrestling successful. You could go from suspension of disbelief, letting your imagination run wild for a few hours, forgetting that it's entertainment. Don't let anybody get in your head that after the event, the guys that are beating the crap out of each other are going out for beers and this, this, and that. And you let your imagination run wild. Also, the people in the ring have to put on a performance. It is a soap opera. I know we can't really say it's a male soap opera as much as we used to, but they're telling a story in the ring. But one of the most important aspects that I have stressed, being a wrestling fan going back to 1979, is its unpredictability. Some of the greatest matches that we have watched over the years and we look back on, we truly weren't sure who was going to be the victor in the match. And if you write down on a piece of paper 10 of your favorite matches of all time, in so many cases, you go back and you try to relive those moments. We didn't know if Hogan was going to beat Andre. We didn't know if Austin was going to beat Bret Hart. We didn't know. You could go down the line. But I got to be honest with you. Tonight's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, I know the haters get triggered whenever I brag about predicting things correctly and analyzing things the way I do. I've been doing this shit for 20 years now. You know, my co-host Kev Castle's been doing it for about 13. You know, Mish and Joey Numbers have been doing it, I think, a little bit longer than that. But for me, myself, I go back to 1998 doing this stuff. And... People that have stuck with me from the beginning know that I have this innate 
you know, just something about me that could just predict things and analyze things. And yeah, I do rub it in people's faces sometimes because number one, there's a lot of competition out there. And I remind people where you hear certain things and where you don't hear certain things. But also, I take pride in the fact that not only do I get a lot of things right, but so many of our listeners as well. I have said so many times over the years, and it's not to pander to anybody listening, but all of you, whether it's through Patreon, whether it's regular downloads, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's TV Tracks' channel, you listening are the most intelligent listeners amongst any other show out there. Because this podcast out there, they just do recaps. This is your... Then there's people out there that play these characters and play these roles. And, you know, there's people out... I want to talk about John Tina and Roman Reigns. No, we take it a step further. Yeah, I nitpick at times. But since I'm a wrestling fan, since 79... And the state of pro wrestling as it is, the fact that it is so so much of the business revealed publicly and with social media and this, you have to turn it up a notch. And getting back to the predictability of pro wrestling, anybody that listened to this past Monday's edition of the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, anybody that's on Patreon that looks at my entry from the predictions contest from Friday, Every single match I predicted correctly. Every single bonus point on the contest, with the exception of one, I predicted correctly. From Mandy Rose being the first person eliminated to Braun and Roman Reigns being the last two in the ring to Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks, everything, even the way the Ronda Rousey contract signing was going to go down. Does that make me a fucking genius? No, it doesn't. And I want the haters that are triggered right now to hear me clearly. I am not bragging that I got everything right. I just feel that this is a classic case that WWE was way too predictable. Tonight, a lot of fans, and you could hear the end, especially the end of the main event of the men in the elimination chamber. They are not enjoying Roman Reigns going to fucking WrestleMania in the main event for fourth time in a row, facing Brock Lesnar once again. And WWE was smart. Right after the match ended, they had Braun Strowman beat the fuck out of Roman Reigns. They played his music to just get our mind off of the fact a little bit that fucking Roman Reigns is getting shot to the moon. You remember when they reunited the Shield? And I came on the shows and I told everyone it's smoke and mirrors. All it's doing is to keep Roman Reigns on the back burner because if he comes out with Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose or a combination thereof, some people will cheer a little more because it's the Shield reuniting, but it was just a merchandise grab. It was a way to try to get Roman Reigns a little bit more over than what he was before. And it's not the case. I did episode eight of this week in wrestling history earlier today, and I posted on Patreon. And one of the moments that took place a couple of years ago was Roman Reigns getting the shit knocked out of him by Triple H at ringside to set up their match at Mania. And then we saw Byron Saxton hand Roman Reigns the blood capsule. I mean, there's been so many things about Roman Reigns over the past bunch of years, not all to the fault of him that's been turning people off. Left and right. And a lot of people tonight all felt, you know what? 
Braun Strowman's on so much fucking momentum. Let's pull the trigger. Let's Braun Strowman get the win at Elimination Chamber. Nobody will expect it. Let him take on Brock Lesnar at resume. And they still went with Roman Reigns. The entire pay-per-view outcome tonight was too predictable, in my opinion. Every single match from top to bottom. And yes, I'm talking for six minutes now, maybe to try to extend this recap a little bit. But when you look at this pay-per-view and it being as predictable as it was, and let's also be honest, the men's elimination chamber match tonight was the most watered-down elimination chamber match in its history. Nobody wants to see anybody get injured, but this chamber is not really utilized. Okay, you climb to the top of the chamber, all right? You're 10 feet in the fucking air. You're not at the top of a hell in a cell. You do two frog splashes, one by Seth Rollins, one by Sasha Banks. Big fucking deal. Two of the greatest spots that I enjoyed tonight on the pay-per-view. One was a visual that really did not have that much, no pun intended, impact. And then one had nothing to do with the Elimination Chamber matches. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give tonight's pay-per-view a 6 because it was fun. I mean, the matches were not shit. And I want to stress that. They were not terrible. It was an okay pay-per-view. But the outcomes were way too predictable. And Roman Reigns going into a WrestleMania main event once again for a title. You realize that WWE never derailed from how they were going to treat Roman Reigns. This is three, four years in a row that the fans, for the most part, are not having it with Roman Reigns. You can't keep using him and insisting on going a certain route like you did with Cena 10 years ago because it's just, it's not the same period. You know, WWE made $800 million last year. Only 30-something was profit. And I'm not saying that Roman Reigns is a profit machine and this and that, but man, to just try to mix it up a little bit, I, I just, I don't know. I just did not like the outcome of the match tonight. But let's get right into it. Pre-show was hosted by Booker T, Peter Rosenberg, David Otunga, and Renee Young. Uh, they did a couple of interviews before the event took place. Uh, interview with Kurt Angle, interview with Paige. Um, when they discussed Paige, they brought up her not being able to perform right now. They did not discuss uh, what was injured, the extent of her injury, if she's coming back, how long she's going to be out. All the focus was on absolution being in, in this event. And they did bring up the topic of Ronda Rousey. And Paige made a remark saying that in UFC, you may only fight two times a year, but in WWE, multiply that by 100. And WWE has to be very, very careful with the way they go forward with Ronda Rousey. I'll get into the contract signing a little bit later. But, you know, for the people that are wondering, hey, Ronda Rousey, you know, people that don't follow UFC, did she really only fight that couple of that number of fights? Well, I did some research and I may be wrong on this, but I don't believe that I am. But Ronda Rousey's UFC career, this is the number of matches that she had uh, per year. 2016, one. 2015, three. 2014, two. 2013, 2012, two apiece. 2011, four. So when Paige made that comment and people were online, you know, questioning it, yeah, she actually was not wrong. 
Um, you had a, a cool backstage interview with Mickey James, uh, interrupted uh, a, an interview segment with Sasha Banks and Bailey. And Mickey made a comment like, when the pods op- open, friendships will be over quicker than a hiccup. <laughs> quicker than a hiccup. So, pre show match, Ms. Taraj losing to Gallows and Anderson. You know, both teams got good pops in the crowd. Las Vegas was pretty lively tonight. You know, there was the beach ball incident that a lot of these events seem to have in recent months. And, you know, it's happened in years past, but kind of felt a little bad for Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy because people were more into the beach ball than uh, the match itself from from time, you know, time to time. But getting back to Gals and Anderson versus Mr. Rogers, typical pre-show match after the match. They were still in the ring, Gallows and Anderson, and Mike Rome interviews the Revival backstage. And I don't know if they were just caught off guard or if it was just a brain fart, but, man, did that promo suck. Basically, they were trying to say that the tag teams in the ring were making tag team wrestling a mockery. It was just a not good, not a good promo at all. Paul Heyman was there. Brock Lesnar was not. Paul Heyman did an interview talking about how tomorrow night are raw and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we got to look forward to again. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You know, it is what it is. So we open up the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view with the women's elimination match. How the rules go, pretty simple. Two superstars start in the ring. Four pods are filled each with one woman. As far as the male match, you had three men start the match since it was an extra man, four uh, men individually and in each pod. Every five minutes, a pod door opens, and that process will continue until all pods are empty. You get pinned or you submit, you are eliminated from the match, and that will keep going until there's one man or woman left standing. Bailey and Sonya Deville start the match off. Everyone else is in, in the pod. Five minutes, first five minutes of just them two going out in the ring, basically nothing, just feeling each other out, blah, 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 blah. First pot opens up, people could pretty much feel that it was going to be Mandy Rose, you know, just to have that two-on-one for a little bit and, you know, just to give Bailey a little bit more of a baby face feel to the crowd, especially for what gets set up later on. Uh, Bailey holds her own for about a minute or two, and then it becomes a two-on-one quickly. Second out of the pot is Sasha Banks. And the announcers really went out of their way to talk about how the, you know, both sides are even matched now. And Sasha Banks is out to help a friend and blah, 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 blah. And so far up until this point, the MVP in the Elimination Chamber match was the cameraman and the production. Because once again, you could see Sasha Banks with the breaking wind offense. And look, I praise Sasha Banks all the time. You know, people that are really, really big fans of Sasha Banks, you're very selective as far as what you hear coming out of my mouth, all right? She does deserve some criticism at times. And this breaking wind offense that she does, you have to have the cameraman shaking the ring, doing different camera shots to the point where you're dizzy. And that's what happened tonight. She's doing these elbows, she's doing these kicks, and you could see that she hasn't improved at all with that stuff from leader and everything else, You know, so once again, the cameras are going wild with all these alternate camera shots. Anyway, it ends up that Sasha Banks hits the bank statement onto Mandy Rose. She is the first eliminated. We then have Mickey James third out of the pod match. 
you know, the, the, the pods and the chamber was not used that much at all the entire night. There was a couple of moments where somebody would climb to the top of their pod, which would put them about 10 feet above the ring. Nothing scary, but still, you know, a nice visual. And there was a really cool visual I'll explain coming up in a moment. But Mickey James at one point climbs to the top of the pod, jumps onto Sonia Deville, kind of like like a little splash. Sonia was standing up. One, two, three. Sonia Deville is eliminated. Almost immediately after that, Bailey pins Mickey James for a one, two, three. So now we have Sasha Banks and Bailey in the ring by themselves, and they're waiting for Alexa Bliss to come out of the pod. And they're milking it and milking it. It's like a minute, 90 seconds. They're on their knees. They're not hinting any offense, any, nothing. They wait until Alexa Bliss comes out of the pod. Alexa tries to avoid them. First, she closes the pod door. She then tries to climb the cage. I don't know where she thought she was going, but yeah, Bailey climbed up the, to, up the cage on one side, yet Sasha on the other side. So basically, uh, Alexa Bliss couldn't go anywhere. So Alexa Bliss simulates that she's climbing back down the cage, the other two girls as well, and Alexa Bliss tries to climb up again. So ultimately, we have Sasha Banks and Bayley. Um, they start you know, going at it with uh, Alexa Bliss. Then out of nowhere, Sasha Banks kicks Bayley to a huge pop from the crowd. Lots of yes chants. You know, was it a heel turn? You know, come, people need to remember. You know, they've fought in matches on Monday Night Raw over the last 12 months since WrestleMania of last year. They've had some competitive, you know, moves against each other. The Royal Rumble, you know, there was a little bit. So was that a full-blown heel turn? No, she was just every woman for herself in the match. But still, you know, we saw Sasha, you know, kick Bailey. Crowd was into it. We now have all three women basically defending themselves. You got Bailey hitting moves on Sasha, Sasha on Bailey, bolted them on Alexa, blah, blah, blah. Every woman for themselves. So then we have Bailey hitting the Bailey to Bailey onto Sasha Banks. But before she could get the pin, and I know some people noticed tonight that some of the matches, the Elimination Chamber matches, felt like it mirrored each other. You know, I, I I didn't have that feel, but I understand why you're saying that. But Bailey hits the Bailey to Bailey onto Sasha. But before she can actually pin Sasha, Alexa Bliss rolls up Bailey for a three count. So now it's down to Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks. One point, Alexa Bliss climbs to the top of the pod, does a splash onto Sasha Banks, but somehow Sasha Banks turns it into the bank statement. Alexa Bliss does break out of it, but then um, Alexa Bliss, from the top rope, plants Sasha Banks face first onto the mat, almost like a you know front DDT for the one two three. After the match is over, crowd sh- the camera shot is on Sasha Banks, who looks like she's crying a little bit. Alexa Bliss, cr- uh, cameras on her, looks like she's crying a little bit. She starts wailing in the ring with this speech. Oh, you know, this goes out to all the little girls out there. Follow your dreams. Dreams could come true. She's crying. She's teary-eyed. You could tell that she's really caught in the, in the moment emotionally. Crowd starts chanting, you deserve it. She acknowledges the crowd. She thanks the crowd. But in heel fashion, which is what Alexa Bliss is. You know, she turns around and reminds the crowd that none of you will ever accomplish your dreams. 
and a lot of it was crocodile tears. I thought she it was well done. It was uh, it was pretty good. So your winner and still women's champ Alexa Bliss. We then see a backstage camera shot of Kurt Angle walking into Ronda Rousey's dressing room. Next match was the bar over Titus and Apollo. Uh, you know, Apollo had some decent moves during the match. The crowd really was not into it all that much. It wasn't like they were exhausted from the women's elimination chamber match. It's just that Titus Worldwide isn't as over as people think. And some people really got offended. Of what I've said the last two weeks about Titus Worldwide taking on the bar. You know, they give you that thought in the back of your mind. Like, hey, they're finally going to give these guys a push. And this, this, and that. And then you realize, no, it's pretty much not the case. And how many times have you heard us talk about that on our show with different people? And tonight's match really was just nothing but filler to, you know, to basically lead us to other matches that people were looking forward to see. We then had Asuka take on Nia Jax. It was your typical, you know, big person, you know, Big in size versus small person. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Nia Jax. And I hope that Nia Jax takes on Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. Um, I, I saw so many people online today, you know, insisting like, oh, so now Oscars are going to take on Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. No, that's not exactly the case. Because remember, Oscar gets to choose who she wants to face at WrestleMania. So WWE, I feel their money is to have Asuka take on Charlotte. Um, of course, what does that do to the women's roster on Raw by having Asuka showing up on SmackDown? You know, it's, but SmackDown needs to help right now. I mean, you saw the crowd attendance from SmackDown this past week. They have Fastlane coming up. Sure, Asuka's not going to fight at Fastlane, but I still think that Money would be go with Oscar versus Charlotte. Have Nia Jax be rewarded. She's on momentum right now. She's over with a lot of the crowd. She really has been busted her ass. She has very much improved over the last year or so. I think Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. And remember what I said about a month ago. Don't be surprised if there's three to four women's matches on WrestleMania. You could very well have Oscar versus Charlotte. You could have um, Sasha Banks versus Bailey. You could have Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. And they will obviously do another match with the women from both brands maybe fighting each other. So that's four matches right there. And it could very possibly go to five. You never know. Carmella. Where does she stand of all of this? You know, she's still got that briefcase. Something has to happen there. So, you know, basically the match tonight with Oscar and Nia Jax was, was good. It was not bad at all. They fought in NXT before. Anybody who follows NXT knows that they've had some decent back and forth. Um, I personally think that Nia Jax, if she could perfect it, you know, without injuring someone, she should consider using the bonsai drop as her finisher. Because at one point tonight, she tried to hit the bonsai drop onto Oscar, who moved out of the way. I think that would be such a believable impact move for someone her size. I, I love the idea of her doing the bonsai drop as a finisher. But basically, uh, the match pretty much ended. Asuka uh, had put a submission move, the armbar, onto Nia Jax. 
you know, just talking about, you know, big versus small. Nia kept showing her strength by picking up Asuka from submission moves and throwing her to the corner. There was one little part where it was kind of a ref screw up where, you know, Nia Jax didn't pick up Asuka right away and Asuka's shoulders were pinned on the mat and the referee did not count at all. But match ended with Nia Jax in the middle of the ring with Asuka saying that she's going to go to WrestleMania. She tries to hit a a powerbomb or a splash onto Asuka but reverses it into a roll-up pin. After the match was over, Nia Jax attacks Asuka and does one of my two favorite spots of the night. She does a very impressive splash uh, onto Asuka through the barricade. Crowd was chanting, holy shit, looked like a great visual. Nia Jax really, I thought, did very well tonight. And it took the focus off the fact that, you know, Asuka's winning streak continues. We then have a backstage segment. Roman Roman Reigns cuts a promo, basically saying that Paul Heyman shows up for work 10 days a year, but he's here every single week and blah, 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 blah. Who the fuck cares? Me? And this is just my opinion. I know there's Roman Reigns fans out there. And look, I have defended Roman Reigns because he does try. Go on YouTube. There's a lot of clips of me defending him. I'm just not a fan of his work. I'm just not a fan of, of – I'm not interested in seeing his stuff. It's just my opinion. I'm not going to take away the fact that, you know, that there are fans out there, and he does try. But the last three or four years of what I've endured with Roman Reigns, so many different things, I just – I'm not feeling it. Just not feeling it. Next, we have Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. You know, this is two guys that I've been saying for so long need to team up. You know, whether you want to call them the Wookiee Warriors. I know it sounds cheesy. In fact, Survivor Series, you know, I think Matt Hardy should have have a Survivor Series team with all... uh, the, the whack jobs in WWE, almost like the oddities, and they should call themselves the Woken Warriors. I know some people are like, ah, it's cheesy, but still, I think Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt as a tag team would be entertaining. I think the crowd would love it. Um, basic back-and-forth match tonight. They actually did well. It was a fun match. Nothing that w- is that will be memorable. You know, one point, a beach ball was being tossed around so you could hear the crowd popping at the beach ball and booing when security took it away. Another point during the match, the fans started chanting Rusev Day, but match ended with Matt Hardy hitting the twist of fate. We then get to the contract signing. Kurt Angle's music hits. He enters the ring. Then comes Stephanie and Triple H. Very loud Triple H chants. Then Ronda Rousey hits the ring as well. There's somebody sitting camera side, right smack in the middle with a sign that said Lousy, Rousey. Uh, I don't know if that sign was taken away, but I'm sure WWE was not happy with that. Ronda Rousey, very emotional. Um, Not good on the mic at all. Uh, Crowd started giving her some pretty decent heat. Um, but you had a bunch of people at ringside that were really trying to push a Ronda Rousey chant. If you actually watched them pan the crowd, mostly everybody that was chanting Ronda Rousey was like the first couple of rows and the rest of the crowd really, you know, maybe a little, you know, splattering of cheers here and there. But for the most part, the crowd was a little, you know, not into her microphone work at all. Give kudos to Triple H basically helping her get over. He grabs the mic you know, lets everyone know that Ronda Rousey wanted no perks in her contract. She didn't want to be treated like uh, any different than anyone else. That's where you got to be a little careful. 
Because in this day and age where a lot of people remember everything that you say and people will remind you on social media and elsewhere, Ronda Rousey starts getting utilized like Brock Lesnar. You know, people go like, oh, what happened to, you know, being treated, you know, no different than anyone else, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of feel bad for Ronda Rousey tonight on social media. Yes, she's been getting, you know, criticism for a little while online, but... I noticed tonight how some people within, within WWE and other wrestlers were kind of taken back and a little bit annoyed at the amount of negativity that fans were showing towards Ronda Rousey online tonight, way before even Elimination Chamber started. And I wrote this tonight, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. You know, not for nothing. When you got the women on the roster playing online that, you know, that she's getting preferential treatment and we've been busting our ass and she shows up at the Royal Rumble and points to the fucking sign and blah, blah. What do you expect fans to, how do you expect fans to react? You got Nikki Bella saying disparaging remarks a little bit about, you know, Ronda Rousey online. Nothing really blatant. But still, the fucking Bella Army is not going to feel a little bit of dissension towards Ronda Rousey. So you reap what you sow. You know, you want to be supportive. And like I said, she's been working out and training at the Performance Center for quite some time now. So it's not like she's been doing UFC and doing movies and staying home and hanging out on the farm and doing interviews and movies. No, she's been training. And the women have interacted with her over these past, past bunch of months. They knew what was happening. They knew she was coming in. They knew she was going to work WrestleMania. So anyway, we had the interaction that we pretty much expected. Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, in the ring. But it, it was a little curveball thrown with it. And you kind of get the feel now that it might be Kurt Angle as the one to team up with Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie WrestleMania. Some weird moment happened where you had Triple H cutting, singing the praise for Ronda Rousey. You had Stephanie singing the praise to Ronda Rousey. And Stephanie basically hands the contract to Ronda Rousey. And if you watch it again, you'll see what I'm talking about. Ronda Rousey's about to sign the contract, and she starts looking at Kurt Angle. And she's looking at him for about 10 seconds. And it was just a weird, awkward moment. And then Ronda Rousey grabs the microphone and says, Kurt, you wanted to say something? And you could tell that either Kurt Angle had a brain fart or Ronda obviously was expecting Kurt Angle to say something and she didn't know what to do. She looked like a deer in headlights. So then Kurt Angle grabs the mic and he says, no, I really didn't want to say anything. But then he goes on to talk anyway. And basically how this contract signing went down was that Kurt Angle sort of revealed that Triple H and Stephanie were, you know, giving the bad, saying the bad mouth towards Ronda, you know, behind the scenes. They kind of wanted to get revenge or, you know, for what happened at WrestleMania 31. And Kurt Angle gets on the mic and all of a sudden tonight he's very brazen, almost like, you know, talking like a moron, like, hey, Stephanie, didn't you say that, you know, you that Ronda Rousey's a has-been and this is and that? It was just like... He looked like brain-dead Kurt Angle. Like, why would you just open your mouth and blurt something out like that? You know, it was just, it was a little bit awkward. You know, it was funny what Triple H said that Kurt Angle was hospitalized this week with the flu and he's having a relapse and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, the bottom line was the ending of the contract signing, which did work. You basically had Ronda Rousey looking pissed off at Stephanie and Triple H for what Kurt Angle revealed on the microphone. And... You know, Ronda Rousey gets in Stephanie's face. 
Stephanie backs off a little bit. Triple H gets in the middle of the two. Triple H basically breaks them apart. No physicality yet. Then Ronda Rousey gets into Triple H's face a little bit. Then out of nowhere, she puts Triple H through a table. Um, basically like a like a little you know side slam. Um, puts him through the table. Uh, Stephanie gets back in the ring. She slaps Ronda Rousey pretty hard. They're having a stare down. Stephanie obviously starts getting a little bit nervous and scared. She backs off, and then Ronda Rousey signs the contract, drops it onto Triple H, leaves the ring. Stephanie then goes back into the ring to check on her husband. Um, The ending of the contract signing was fine. It did what it needed to do. I know a lot of people had all these different ideas that other women were going to interact with Ronda Rousey or maybe even Oscar would show up or other. It basically went down, I've been saying for a while. It was going to be Stephanie and Ronda Rousey. Stephanie has the knack, has the tendency that even if Ronda Rousey is not getting over with the crowd, they hate Stephanie as character even more. And you take the heat off of Ronda Rousey, you put it on Stephanie, and it's easy, easy work. And that's what they did tonight. And in the end, it was a success. There was one point I'm sure people took notice of where Triple H said that by signing his contract, you agree to perform at WrestleMania. And he also said that you are not having a title match at WrestleMania. And that was done to get all of the rumors and the focus off the idea that Ronda Rousey may face someone for a championship at WrestleMania. Of course, things could change, but I don't expect it to change. Um, The one thing I'm sure WWE was not happy about was that after Stephanie slapped Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey looked really pissed in the ring, Loud, loud chance of you fucked up, you fucked up. So I'm sure WWE is not going to be thrilled of having to splice over that, but expect a little bit of editing there. So now it was funny because on social media, you had um, Drake Maverick, you know, rock star spud. He was, you know, on Twitter and saying, hey, wait a minute. So superstars could actually, you know, assault management you because know, he's playing, you know, management for 205 Live, which I thought was pretty funny. So finally, we get to the main event. And honestly, I could get into moment by moment by moment as far as how everything went down. But there really wasn't a lot momentous coming out of this match. I will give you some basic highlights in the pods to start it off with Cena, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Elias. So that had Miz, Rollins, and Finn Balor started off. John Cena was out of the pod first. Um... You know, there was a lot of back and forth, Balor and Miz, Rollins and Cena. They went through the motions until the second pot opened up, which was Roman Reigns. It was an interesting point where Roman Reigns, as soon as he exited the pod, he had a stare down with Seth Rollins in the middle of the ring for about 15 seconds. Crowd seemed dead. I don't think WWE expected the crowd to not react to it pretty much at all. But basically what the, the gist of this match was Braun Strowman ultimately hitting the power slam on everybody, you know, up until the end. Braun Strowman power power slammed Miz, got the one, two, three. Miz was eliminated. Uh, Elias, 
enters the ch- the match now, closes the chamber, doesn't enter the match for about three or four minutes. You had all four guys basically trying to beat down Braun Strowman. Um, you know, each wrestler hit their own move. The land shield bomb was landed onto Strowman. All four guys go to pin Braun Strowman at the same time, but he kicks out. Cena hits the AA for the two count. Spear right by Roman for a two count. Rounds and Balor hit their finishers onto Strowman, but he's outside the ring, so they can't go for a pin. My favorite visual of the entire night next to what Nia Jax did with Oscar and the, and the barricade. There was one point where the Miz tried to get out of, out of you know, harm's way with Braun Strowman. So he climbs the top uh, to the top of the pod. It's about 10 feet up. And, you know, when you climb up to the top of the pod behind it is plexiglass. So Braun Strowman climbs the po- to the top of the pod as well. And you have Braun Strowman and the Miz both standing on top of the same pod. And you had Braun Strowman then proceed to smash Miz's head into the plexiglass. And of course, Miz is absorbing all of the momentum of the blow by putting his hand up and his hand is hitting the plexiglass. But it was such a great visual because Miz's head was hitting the plexiglass, albeit very lightly. And because plexiglass is very prone to fingerprints and dust and everything else, every time you touch it, you can see, you know, the markings. So when Braun Strowman was slamming Miz's head into the plexiglass, yeah, he had his hand up. But because his forehead was hitting the plexiglass also, you saw the mark every time Miz's head hit the plexiglass. It It was a wonderful visual during the match. It was wonderful. My fa- second favorite moment of the entire night. But unfortunately, what a lot of people started to feel towards the end, you had Braun Strowman pretty much making history, you know, setting records, eliminated five guys during a match, all with power slams, ultimately to meet his demise by Roman Reigns. Cena was um, eliminated after Elias for some reason, Elias tries to pick up Braun Strowman with just his fucking neck. Go watch the spot again. You would have thought that Elias would have used his hands as well. And unless maybe I my eyes were a little dirty at the time or maybe they were blurry. It looked like Elias was trying to pick up Braun Strowman just with his neck. But anyway, Braun just, I don't know, hits a power slam onto Elias for a one, two, three. We had the other guys try to hit their finishers again all onto Strowman. John Cena is standing on the top rope. Braun Strowman captures, catches him, puts him in a power slam for a one, two, three. Cena is eliminated. So now we have Balor, Rollins, Reigns, and Strowman as the final four. Finn Balor goes after Strowman for a good two minutes, hits the coup de gras on the back of Strowman's neck for a two count. Rollins and Balor go at it. Balor then goes at it with Roman Reigns, hits the coup de grace onto Roman Reigns, but before he could go pin him, Braun Strowman hits a power slam onto Finn Balor for a one, two, three. So basically Strowman saved Roman Reigns. So now we got Rollins, Reigns, and Strowman. Rollins and Reigns double team Braun Strowman. Seth Rollins then goes after Roman Reigns. Remember, every person for themselves. Did he turn heel? No. Rollins hits the buckle bomb. But Roman Reigns pretty much no-sells it, hits a Superman punch of his own onto Rollins. 
Both men go down. Strowman gets back up. Rollins climbs the top of the pod, hits a frog splash onto Strowman for another two count. Rollins then hits two super kicks onto Braun Strowman, goes for the curb stop, but Braun Strowman reverses it, hits a power slam onto Seth Rollins for the one, two, three. So now we're down to Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, and we're reminded that Strowman has eliminated everyone tonight up until this point, and the match pretty much ends where Braun Strowman goes to spear Seth Rollins in the corner. Rollins moves out of the way. Braun Strowman sort of like rams into the pod. You know, it just was not anything major. Roman Reigns hit the Superman punch once. He hits it again. At this point, the crowd senses what's basically going to happen. Still hoping that maybe we get a little swerve, but Roman Reigns is starting to try to hit all his finishers to get the big man down. Reigns goes for the spear, then hits the Superman punch two more times, added a spear for a final touch, gets the one, two, three. Roman Reigns is your winner. He goes on to WrestleMania to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. As I said at the beginning, way too predictable every match was too predictable and you know to me that kind of ruined a little bit of the suspension of disbelief i mean you know i like to be surprised i i don't like you know having this feeling for a couple of weeks leading into this because like we said on monday of last week when you kind of predict the outcome of every match you're only waiting for crazy spots to happen or praying for a swerve and we really did not get it tonight so on a scale of one to ten like i said i give this pay-per-view a six six and a half it wasn't bad everybody worked hard it's just way too predictable for my standards so i don't know how you felt about it you know just please when you hear my reviews listen to it in an open mind you know i'm sorry if i criticize someone that you like i just tell it like it is in my opinion you know respect how i feel about these these matches and things in wrestling and i'll respect yours I mean, I'm not going to just sit here and kiss ass and cater to this and cater to that simply because it's, you know, gets me an extra hundred likes on YouTube. No, it's just I tell you how I feel. And, you know, we'll see what happens leading into WrestleMania. But I think WWE has a lot of work cut out for them because fans are not thrilled about Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. It's not just the fact that they're facing each other again, but the way that they have utilized Brock Lesnar has been terrible, in my opinion. And I've played that soundbite many times on this show and on the Don Tony Kevin Castle show and Breakfast with Blasi of uh, Kurt Angle in storyline saying his job is to give us the best matches possible on Raw and on pay-per-view. And in storyline, you don't put Brock Lesnar on Elimination Chamber So not only are we getting Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at at WrestleMania again, but everyone now is pretty much feeling that Roman Reigns is going to be universal champion. And this event doesn't take place for another, what, 45 days? So imagine going into WrestleMania not feeling Roman Reigns at at all and then realizing that ultimately he's going to be the one to win the match at WrestleMania and be the universal champion. He ain't losing it the next night on Raw. So we have Roman Reigns back in the spotlight, back in the main event, in the title picture, and likely the champion until further notice. So, you know, of course, this is just one guy. 
and it's only one title, and there are a lot of other things that I like on Raw, and there's a lot of things that I like on SmackDown as well. So is this going to you know make me not want to watch? No, I'm going to continue watching. I saw people writing tonight, if Roman Reigns, if they could make him win, I'm not watching it. Come on. You don't fucking stop watching because of one person. You just use that person to change the channel. Go take a leak. Get something to eat. Take a shit. Walk the dog. Do something else. Whack off. You know, just do something instead. I don't fucking pay much. I, I'm not going to lie to you. When Roman Reigns is in the main event, if his opponent is something that I, someone that I'm really, like, not too much into, I'll prepare for my show. I'll listen to it in the background, but I'll do other things. So... He ends up being the spotlight fine. When he comes out, I do other stuff. So anyway, I'm out of here. I'm starting to ramble. Definitely leave your thoughts, what you thought about this pay-per-view. Follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com, Facebook.com slash show. And if you like what we do and you want to help us keep you know the, the lights on and keep us in business and help us with this exorbitant amount of bills that we generate, Go give us a shot on Patreon. It is patreon.com slash Don Tony. You have over 100 episodes of Patreon-exclusive shows. For everybody that always wanted a Kevin Castle solo show, you got it. If you like Wrestling Soup and Breakfast with Blasi, you got a hybrid of those shows in the form of, of Breakfast Soup, which is hosted by yours truly and Mish. We have the contest up there. We got a lot of other things as well. So, again, give it a shot. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. It is a very small, very tight-knit family over there, and it's a really, really cool place to be. Believe me when I tell you, if you sign up over there, usually uh, you stick around for a while. So with that said, I am done. For everybody on Patreon, shout-out to all of you. I will definitely let you know by Monday who is the winner of the pay-per-view predictions contest. Those that won the silver and gold giveaways from last week, as well as the t-shirt for breakfast soup i will be getting in contact with everybody on monday so go look out for your messages there and i'm out of here everyone take care be well i'll talk to you all soon and uh just a reminder in case you're not aware of it fast lane smackdown brand pay-per-view takes place in two weeks it is only two weeks away so we'll be doing another recap two weeks from now we'll do another pay-per-view predictions contest and then after fast lane We are on the road to WrestleMania as far as pay-per-views go. So everyone take care. I'll talk to you all soon. Ciao. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. myhealthpolicy.com.